Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Decorating. I can I see that. It's looking good, man. Garlands and bows and little blinky lights. A little s- yellow snowman with a glass crack pipe. Coney Island whitefish nose. And two eyes made out of crushed beer cans. You know, I really dig this time of year. It makes me... How did you put it? Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Exactly! <laughs> yeah, but this, you know, this is just sort of edging me. Huh? Something's missing. Now... Look, don't get me wrong. You're doing a great job. I mean, this is really good stuff. But I think it needs something to put it over the top, you know. I really need something to put me over the top. I, I hear you. And, and I'm not quite finished here. I've got something planned that has really been missing around this drive-in during the holidays. And I'm glad you're here because you are just the guy I need to make sure we put the perfect topper on this bitch. Oh, yeah? Well, well what were you thinking? Uh, a Santa. A what? A Santa. My God, man, speak up! It's a Santa! A Santa! Santa, 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 Santa! (laughs) By Krampus Balls, I do believe you are onto something. And here's the best part. I've pre-screened the applicants, and we have someone coming in to interview. He'll be here any minute. Well, Mary fucking ho! We're gonna light the mother of all Yule Logs up in this bitch as a beacon to the dead city denizens far and wide. We'll pack them in for a Yuletide double feature that'll blow their stockings off. Oh, oh. He's here. Okay, okay. You ready? <laughs> I was born ready. Also, and I'm ready. Yes. Okay, open the door. Santa can um, only come in your house when he's invited. Uh, wrong holiday, dude. Oh, whatever. <clears throat> Welcome to the Dead City Drive-In. I'm Chris, one of the heads of programming here. This is my colleague, Brandon. I must say, you are perfectly punctual. Maxima glossia precipitis. (laughs) Now that is some impressive shit right there. Oh, I haven't done this since I was a kid. I'll stick my tongue out on the snowflake. Uh, uh, uh. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That snowflake tastes like butter. That's an interesting twist. Might want to wait till January. Uh, Anywho, I didn't catch your name. Uh, You may refer to me as Christopher St. Nicholas Boulder Kringle. (laughs) I'm sure pleased to meet you. Can I call you Santa? We already got one too many Chris's around here. Hey! Uh, that will be quite acceptable. I was led to believe that you require the services of a mule-tied magus. This keeps getting better and better. Hell yes, we do. Uh, yeah, Santa, uh, we're hoping to bring back a little Christmas magic to the Dead City Drive-In. And perhaps you can be a part of that. Well, indubitably. Uh, p- please, come inside. Uh, you know I can only enter when invited. I... 
told you. Just kidding. Wrong oh. holiday. A morsel of yuletide jazz. Oh, 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 the sky. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we could start with you sharing your qualifications. Uh, have you ever played Santa before? Played? My dear mortal, I am the Kringle. Uh-huh. Do you dare doubt the veracity of my claims? Uh, no. We're just hoping to get an idea of what might set you apart from uh, the other Santas that are out there. Uh, then perhaps this may persuade you. Muggy Coco-Lactus. Oh. This is what I'm talking about. Two steaming cups of hot cocoa appearing in our hands. My North Pole is totally pointing north. Mm. Mm. Is it me or does this taste like butter? It's probably just a family recipe. Grandma's, you know, ravioli and whatnot. I do beg your pardon, Sivers, but mm. I must, um, how do you say, unburden the urnine? You mean drain the weasel? Ah, yes, drain the weasel. Uh, might I visit your pretty? Yeah, sure, dude. I, go, okay, go out the way you came, hang a left around the building, doors on your left, and when you're in there, if the luminous green plasm on the floor is pulsating, just stand clear of it. You'll be fine. My thanks. <laughs> <laughs> There is something very familiar about that guy. Yeah. I hope he's taking a number two. What? Why the hell would you say something like that? Because, Chris, we're going to need a little time to sort out this week's theme. And what's that? Mistletoe and mayhem. Ho, 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 I'm ho, ho, hungry. Bonnie, you're Santa. <laughs> you guys remember? <laughs> Well, we probably are going to need a little help today if we're going to do our help today. We're going to do a double feature of uh, Yuletide Terror. Who could help us? Who might be? What are you doing over there, Jack? I've just been I've been hanging out outside the the drive-in. I I know I've been on a a couple times. I was wondering maybe uh, can I come talk with you guys? It's the only thing I want for the holidays. Oh, it really okay, I think that's right, fine. Get, get in here, you Come scam. On in, you guys love a Merry Christmas, Jack. Now Merry sit down and shut the fuck up! Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Jack Holloway is our guest. Hey! Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome to Back Jack. Jack's back. He never did you, leaves. Did you guys ever see that movie, Jack's Back, I with love James that Spader? Movie. James I Spader. Love yeah. I saw only the VHS cover a lot at my local video store. And it made you stay far the fuck away from it. It's it just was a picture of creepy. James Spader's face, like going in a leather jacket. <sighs> Is this going to be the cover of the movie? <laughs> But trust me, it'll work. <laughs> I love that movie, though. Is, is Jill Shalin in that one? Is she? I don't know. I can't remember. Who's the girl in that? Maybe. It could be her. It's Christmas! It's hey! Christmas! I've got a question. Uh, I've got a question for both of you guys that I'm very curious oh, about. Boy. Uh, Jack, I want to hear from you first. <laughs> oh, jeez. And you know, I'm sorry if there are any little children who listen to this podcast because your world's about to shift drastically and dramatically. Uh, but Jack, <laughs> how did you find out that there was no Santa Claus? Oh goodness! You know what? I think it was. It was honestly there was not like a single event that okay. caused it. It was, it was like a slow buildup. It was. It was totally like I think I hints wrong. and allegations. Yeah, and then I'd be like, "Well, 
and every year we'd come back to it. And I remember my my mom would always go, "Well, when you stop believing is when you stop getting stuff." And I'm a terrible mis- uh, materialistic person, so I was like, well, "I'm just gonna believe. I'm just gonna believe." Par- uh, Grownups wouldn't lie to me, right? Meanwhile, yeah. um, <laughs> thirty seven years later, he's still I'm, holding I'm on still by his like, fucking fingernails. I mean, I'm still getting presents, so too. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna keep believing in the old Chris Kringle. Don't <laughs> stop <laughs> believing. For me, I guess it was uh, it was a slow uh, the slow boiling water of like every year it kept chipping away exact you know what was the exact same thing with wrestling (laughs) i just had a sudden realization uh when i was when i was like seven eight i was like no wrestling is real and then it would gradually nine i'm like wait a minute 10 i'm like okay hold on 11 like i don't maybe it's not 12 well, by that Ooh. rationale, and I'm Jack, not saying for any. I've I'm not a, saying that wrestling isn't. I've got a piece of information for you, Jack. Okay? Yeah, don't let Jerry Lawler. Oh no, 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 I, I don't want to get. I don't want to get hit. Much like wrestling, Santa Claus, it's only fake if you think it's real. Let that sit in your brain for a minute, mm, yeah, as I'm exactly. trying to do. It's only this is so a long podcast. So if you're podcast, listening to this podcast but... <laughs> while you're driving, just be careful because you might have a stroke. <laughs> yeah, we should just sit here in more silence for a minute. And just think, I'm still yeah. trying to ponder why, why the Why don't you put the hazards on, pull over to the side of the road, and just sit there for a second. Oh, Mike, yeah. I'm talking to you if you're driving. <laughs> but you know what? In the, much the same way, uh, the, the wrestling realization and the Santa, you realize, okay, Santa's not real, but... The magic of the the Christmas season is real. The way we give to each other mm-hmm. and friendship and family and wrestling, you realize the amazing uh, athleticism, athleticism yes. and production value and amazing acting and stories and the and love. the injuries and the, oh goodness gracious, that's why I did want to clarify. Mm-hmm. Like oh, when I, we're the, still talking about Christmas night right, or Santa's yes, the injuries. Yes, oh injuries. my gosh, <laughs> Santa down the tra- down <laughs> chimney. Do you know how many times I put a fucking nail through my thumb trying to put together presents for kids? Oh. Yes. yes. So, uh, but that was it. For for me, it was just a yearly, like, hold on a second. I think I'm on to something. And then eventually it's like, oh, okay. I finally just, yeah. What yeah. about you, Chris? <gasps> well, I think there was kind of a trade-off here. I, I was actually pondering this very question the other evening, sitting down. It's like, you know, when did I stop believing in Santa Claus? And much like you, Jack, actually, I, I don't think I, it was like some sort of abrupt, you know, I don't think there's still a part of me, you know, as a, as a guy in his forties that I'm like, yeah, he's, he's, he still might be kind of real yeah. and everything. I'm having to pick up some of his fucking slack, which yep. of course is a very real world <laughs> rationalization for this problem here. Um, but you know, Hey, you know, I, I still, I, I still, I believe, I yeah, believe, man. I know it's silly, it. but I believe. Are um, are kids that don't get presents this year going to be told supply chain? <laughs> That's a question. I'm That's curious. The, the Santa Ru- Rudolph's got COVID. Omicron variant <laughs> couldn't fly. The elves got hit hard. Labor shortages. I actually had the same thing, Jack. I was the same. It was like a culmination of events. And then I remember it was like I was in seventh grade and some like, you know, fucking, uh, I don't know. Freshman. J- Jason Serrano goes, mm. uh, fucking you out, asshole goes, uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, fucking Santa's not real anyway. And Everybody goes, right? Oh, everybody in the class. And I was like, Aww. yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I knew that too. Hold the tears in. But I was an only child, so I didn't have anybody to like go back and like break. I just like had to like internalize it and keep True. it in. But, you know, I uh, I had some family members who used to kind of uh, tell me stories. And I'm like a details person. So I remember uh, I had an uncle. My uncle Matt would... Uh, Stay over for Christmas. He was a lot younger. I was I was really young at this time. He would stay over and he uh, he was sleeping on the couch in our townhouse, you know. And um, he 
slept downstairs. You know, we didn't have chimneys. This is Florida, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, it was like, how 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 the hell does Santa get in? Kind of a thing. And I remember uh, Christmas comes along. I knew that my uncle was sleeping on the couch, and yet in the morning all of the presents were there. And I came down and I asked him, and I was like, Uncle Matt, did you see Santa? Like, how did Santa get in? And he said, Well, well, I, I mean, I kept the sliding glass door unlocked and he came in through that it was very pragmatic and i went That's i understand great. um but you didn't let him in he said no 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 but i did see him and i and i said can you please tell me more and this is i'll always remember he gave me a detail that i was like well this has to be real and he said i didn't see much did he have a birthmark on his penis but <laughs> <laughs> he said he had on around his wrists uh, on the the cuffs of his red uh, white sleeve red sleeves with the white fuzzy mm-hmm. he had bells little tiny bells sewn into the white and so his and they were beautiful little golden bells around and i remember thinking like what well that's really specific that's that has to be real Aww. santa and, um, let me play with his dinglings <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know. Um, I saw Uncle Matt kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> anyway, um, Santa is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lives on in us. <laughs> no one really dies. No one ever truly lives. <laughs> <Wait>, what? <laughs> Well, guys, listen, we've got uh, a double feature of Yuletide Terror, Mistletoe, and Mayhem that we have to program tonight. And I know, here's the thing, there are so many great Christmas movies, and it's almost unfair to even attempt to bring it down to just two. Well, there's always next year, That's right, Chris. What a wonderful thought. This could become your tradition. Oh my gosh, we're creating a holiday holiday tradition. That's how it happens. Tradition! Tradition! No, wrong holiday, dude. Oh. Oh, right. Look, this was no easy feat. I don't know about you guys, but I really struggled with what I would want to bring to the table here. And I have... I like to think that I'm going to bring something maybe a little underseen or maybe a little undervalued, as it were. Uh, And the more I thought about it, the harder time I had really making that decision here for everybody. Because I was thinking, really, what's going to be a great double feature that Mm. is going to be crowd-pleasing? And it can't be... There's so many wild and weird movies, Mm -hmm. you know, to to choose from. Um, I want to say right off the bat that my favorite... Christmas movie horror film of all time is not what I picked. I just want to say this. We're not going to talk about the movie. That's fine, because, I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast is really to kind of bring new or new-to-you films and put them on your watch list. Well, I hate to say it, because that's not what I've done. That's not my choice. It's not a new and movie that most people probably haven't seen. The same here. But I will tell you this. My favorite Christmas film of all time, or, well, maybe favorite Christmas film, not just horror, but favorite Christmas film. No, The Riff. Yeah, I know. I love that movie. Is Black Christmas by oh, Bob Clark. It's goodness. just a brilliant film. Actually, you and I saw it last year. Two years ago, man. Oh, my That's God. Two years ago. Two years ago? <laughs> Honestly, that going, us going to the Tampa Theater yeah. with Scott and Kara yeah. to go see that movie, sitting in the, in the balcony and everything, I think that was kind of around the time that the genesis of Dead City Driving yeah, was happening. Right. I mean, we were really well, we recorded talking. the next month. Yeah, exactly. We recorded. Well, we, actually, we, Jack, you were 
our first with you. Yeah. yeah. You guys. Holy shit. How we weird. Oh, crazy. We, yeah, so uh, right around two years ago is when kind of the uh, the birth of, of Dead City Drive-In came into being. Granted, we didn't wind up actually dropping that first episode until about 10 months later. Um, <laughs> but we did start recording. We did really kind of start working on this and everything. So we were kind of... Right now, it's kind of an anniversary for us. It is. We're kind of like in the midst of it because we don't have an exact Halloween, we celebrated, you know, one year of actually dropping episodes and everything. And now we are kind of celebrating two years of the actual kind of us starting to work on this podcast. (laughs) And how many episodes? (laughs) (laughs) Look. It's it's a long process, you okay? Gotta, you gotta you hey, chip guys, away at it. You find you your gotta footing. wait for quality. Yeah. All right? You gotta wait for quality. Yeah. So keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I, so Black Christmas, I really do. It's the granddaddy to me of all Christmas horror films. But I just feel that that movie, while yes, it does work as a drive-in film, it's best viewed in the absolute perfect viewing environment, mm-hmm. um, which is at home or in a theater with a bunch of respectful people, not a bunch of mutants honking their cars and waiting for Olivia Hussey to flash her tits again like she did in Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, but she's not 15 this time around. (laughs) I mean, not waiting, but just kind of going, how dare they? (laughs) Um, The reason Freeze Frame was invented. And Margot Kidder. Yeah, Andrea Martin flashes her tits and uh, uh, Margot Kidder. Isn't Andrea Martin, doesn't she play uh, Othello in Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet? Wait a minute. <laughs> very controversial. Very controversial. Very strange. I was very Why is my head hurt right now? <laughs> I'm just getting you back for your question you posed earlier. That left me in a state of existential dread. Which I'm one? still thinking. It's only fake if you think it's real. Oh, right, I still right don't. Yeah, I, good. I, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> Go right ahead, man. Okay, Keep thinking. It's only so, fake. Anyway, all that said, guys. Rub I, them brain cells I, together. Oh, Keep it hurts. warm. It hurts. <laughs> I... I went back and forth on my choice. This is all long preamble to the fact that I chose probably, if Black Christmas is considered the granddaddy, this is probably the... Well, the slasher genre, too, man. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, the progenitor, right. Well, this is the Mac Daddy, to bring back my 90s <laughs> lingo, you guys, um, of Christmas films. My choice for our Yuletide Terror, Mistletoe, and Mayhem double feature is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ooh. T'was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. So the movie comes out in 1984. 
That was um, a pretty eventful year. Oh. It was. It's no 1985, but 84 is a hell of a year uh, to be a horror fan. Um, and then retrospectively to think about being a horror fan. Uh, what, what else came out in 84, Chris? Ghostbusters, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that matters. Starman, I think, came out in 84. Yeah. <gasps> Starman. Yeah. 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 The movie where Nightmare I, on Elm Street came out. That came out in 84. Yeah. Actually, I won't. Uh, the movie, I will not say what it is yet, I guess, but uh, the movie I chose also came out in 1984. Oh, shit. Yeah. The same day, I, I memorized this bit of trivia just for Brandon, the same day as Ghostbusters. That's, what a fucking day what? that was. Could you imagine catching a double feature of those two movies? Oh my like, god. Uh, <laughs> the theater is filling up with semen. <laughs> We've got a lot of eggnog around here. Wait a second, that's not eggnog. <laughs> it's asparagus flavored eggnog. Shut up. <laughs> oh no. Um, so... This movie was directed uh, by a man named Charles E. Cellier, Jr. Cellier. Um, and uh, Chuck Cellier was... He hated uh, Mozart. Was, a, was a, mostly a producer. Um, I don't know. Should I tell you guys some of the movies he did now before we get sure. into this stuff? Yeah. Um, Charles Cellier, Jr. is um, probably most famous for, well, this and also... The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Oh, wow. hell yeah. Uh, Dan you were watching some Dan Haggerty I movies was, the other day, my, you? An original choice of mine was going to be a Dan Haggerty <laughs> starring film uh, that I decided to just show some Christmas mercy <laughs> and not choose elves <laughs> starring it's, Grizzly Adams Dan, himself. he just took it out back, <laughs> showed it the rabbits, oh. and that was the end of it. Um, he also <laughs> produced some other stuff. Uh, he produced uh, a movie called Hangar 18. He I produced, love that movie. Yeah? With Gary Collins? Yeah. 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 Uh, he produced another horror film called The Boogans. Oh, the yeah. Boogans. yeah. Those um, are some cool little fucking puppets, too. Yeah. yeah. He, he only directed four movies. Two of them are, one is called The Annihilators in 1985. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Some, you know, trashy action movie. Yeah. Um, and then he made another movie um, that I just didn't want to click because of internet history, whatnot, called Snowballing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google that one. Oh my God! Well, uh, Jack Holden, come here, come here, come here, Jack. I got some for what you. I got some for you. Got here. some eggnog. <laughs> okay. um, but he also There's did a party game. He also did uh, Night Rider <laughs> 2000. Oh Fantastic. God! Which, by the way, you know the car in Night Rider 2000 is called Kit 4000. Oh yeah, like, what? yeah. What's going on? Uh, Charles he- Sellier Jr. Um, also, toward the end of his career, started doing a lot of. Um, Heroin? Uh, well, he earlier in his career, he started with uh, In Search of Noah's Ark, not to be confused with In Search of, but uh, a documentary In Search. Mm-hmm. He became quite known for producing a lot of Bible stuff toward the end of his career. He's since passed in 2011, I believe. Um, but one of the Bible movies he's made uh, <laughs> is called um, 12 Ordinary Men. It's like the prequel <laughs> to 12 Angry <laughs> Men. <laughs> They they get a regular court case. They yeah. kind of chat about it. And they go, I think the guy is is guilty. Yes, yeah, that sounds about sounds right. Hey, uh, Pontius Pilate, let's uh, go we uh, think you should take care of this. All let's right? go back and watch Big Bang Theory, guys. Reruns are on. <laughs> this is an ordinary Thursday night. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the director. Um, this was probably his biggest, uh, at least his most controversial film. It did kind of uh, inhibit his directing career, however, and which is why he went on to produce. What? You were involved with that movie? Uh, oh, God. Making uh, Santa into Satan? Uh, ah, I'm going to boycott this podcast. <laughs> 
uh, Michael Hickey was the writer, and then um, it's based supposedly based on a story by Paul Caney, but that's not entirely true. Uh, this guy Paul is a, like a Harvard undergrad when he wrote a book called like I don't know something like Sleigh Ride. Something along those lines. Actually, I think this movie was originally entitled Slay Ride, wasn't it? And there was just a passing resemblance to this book, but I guess there was enough that the producer, that, you know, they kind of were like, let's just throw him some money and then just say a story by so this Harvard grad doesn't try to fucking sue us. Just in case. Didn't matter anyway. Hedging their bets. Yeah. Um, All right. So, starring a bunch of people that you will never have heard of before uh, (laughs) with such great names as Lillian Chauvin. Um, the <laughs> the lovely Gilmer McCormick, <laughs> and of course Robert Brian Wilson as Billy, age eighteen. Um, all right, here's the IMDb. So, by the way, Lillian Chauvin was in like over something like 174 different fucking movies. I mean, wow. she worked her ass off. Uh, and these are porn films in the seventies, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, she was notorious. literally working her ass. Yeah. Off. Uh, including eggnog eighteen. Oh no! Um, so here's the IMDb. Add a little nutmeg. To it. Oh no! I'm about to nut. I said a little nutmeg. Oh no! It's all semen, all podcast. <laughs> uh, the IMDb synopsis is uh, is as follows: Little Billy witness his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by his senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Now, Billy is 18 and out of the orphanage, and he has just become Santa himself. I think we need to probably... I think we need to just start writing our own synopsis. Because isn't the idea to sell the movie? Yeah. Accurately, too. It's like, well, it was a guy dressed as Santa, and he didn't really become Santa. just... Yeah, kind of gave into all the terrible trauma he'd been through, <sighs> and you know that actually brings up a really good point that you just said. Hmm. The movie is about um, a kid who just has a, just a downward spiral of awful, shitty luck. Well, yeah, it's this, fucking horrible. Uh, this, that was like, this kid goes through. This is my first time. I I have a lot of gaps in my horror movie knowledge. This is my first time ever seeing Silent Night, Deadly Night, and I really, really, I have never Billy the poor guy. I. I was rooting for this kid to pull, you know, I was like, Jesus, this kid got terrified by his senile grandfather. He witnesses the violent murder and rape of his mother and father. Uh, He goes to an orphanage where he's getting beaten by nuns and tied to beds. Here's the thing that's really fascinating about this movie to me. The whole concept that they had was they wanted they wanted to make a commercial movie. That was like their goal. They were like, let's make a commercial movie coming off of. As they, as the producers have said, uh, like a uh, just a glut of teenage horror films, mm-hmm. um, and and you know Halloween, so like sla- you know holiday based slashers. That's great. It's a great idea. The problem is, <laughs> all of those successful teenage slasher movies are about a bunch of beautiful people getting. We follow them around one by one, watch them get killed. This time. It's we follow the killer around, and it's like his origin, and we're kind of like supposed to be on his side. I mean, he is the protagonist, but halfway through the movie, it switches rather preposterously, <laughs> and he becomes the killer. And you know, it's like now, now who are we supposed to be? rooting for certainly not the dipshit cop that shows up and murders blo- death 
You oh, know. sorry, I shot a priest. <laughs> that was right. My bad. Oh, my my bad. But I want to, all right, we'll get into a few things here. I just want to say that the beginning, I mean, look, this movie is like 84, 84, maybe 87 minutes. It's just like pure bliss, nonstop from like opening to the ending. It doesn't let up. It's almost, a, it's not a well-structured film, but it's a perfectly paced <laughs> film. <laughs> there is no real three-act structure to no. it. It just kind of hops around, but the pacing, it, I, there's never a boring moment in this movie. And it starts immediately with those opening credits of a wreath from far back yeah. on a black screen, just coming all the way up into things. Like Silent the better off night. dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then this bloody, just Rah! animated, like, deadly night. Jesus. Blood dead alive. <laughs> um, you, you've seen it before and you're going to see it again. It's awesome. It's such a great uh, way to start the movie. And then, of course, the, the music and the credits start. And the music, I want to just talk about the score. We'll talk. There's a lot of things, music to talk about, but the score of this movie is very clearly a guy watching the movie one time and playing the music along with it. Because if you listen to the opening theme, it's literally just him pressing keys on a keyboard on a synth. <laughs> For He's like, okay, I got a minute and 30 seconds here. It's just going to vamp. Like, Phil, yeah. Phil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but once that starts... <laughs> Um, we get a little kid goes to visit his deranged grandpa, and I'm going to tell you something, you guys. The deranged grandpa is probably the most incredible thing of all time. Um, this kid goes to visit, the, the, you know, their mute. Uh, he, how old is Billy at this point? He's eight. Yeah, I think yeah. eight or nine. Yeah, and they take him to visit this just this grandpa, even though they don't want to. He doesn't know that we're here. As Catatonic they say. grandpa. Catatonic grandpa, and it's like it's. Uh, by the way, this beautiful mid-century modern hospital, like all the decor is awesome in there, uh, <laughs> but it's really depressing. They go and. Um, they leave him alone. With, yeah. with the doctor says, we're going to discuss Grandpa's treatment right now, so let's just leave the kid here with the catatonic Grandpa, yeah. and uh, we'll go talk about it in the other room. And man. the kid's like scared. and like, don't worry, Billy. Grandpa doesn't even know how to... He can't even hear you. And so as soon as they leave, as soon as they leave... He was waiting for it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Grandpa just scared. looks at the He's kid. Like, hey, little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he proceeds to deliver... A monologue par excellence. His performance is so committed that tears build up in his eyes yeah. and stream from his face. As well, the he, guy's a veteran actor. I, I'm trying to remember, like, you know, I'm sure he's got a fucking, you know, list of credits that are, are huge. His name is Will Hare. Okay. And he... <laughs> Good old Will Hare. There's some great names in this. He's been in hundreds of movies. Yeah. Um, you, Back to the Future. He's the uh, oh, he's the, the farmer. farmer. The farmer. Yep. Get out. You killed my yeah. pine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and he gets to deliver. It looks like an airplane. He gets to deliver these lines. Uh, I, I didn't write the whole monologue down, but this one in particular is like, "You scared, ain't you? You should be. Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year." You see Santa Claus tonight. You better run, boy. You better run for your life. Wow, it feels like Will Hare is right here in the room with <laughs> it's good. us. It's good. It's making the Will Hare stand up on the back of my ass. Brandon's got, Brandon's got tears in his yeah, eyes right now. Tears streaming down his face. I, 
it's incredible. It's an incredible moment. It's of intense. Just, what the fuck? And that's like, there you go. Five minutes. But in, like, you know how welcome. nonchalant the fucking kid in the scene with him is. He's kind of like, yeah, Grandpa, sure. Right <laughs> at like, the end, he's, I'll, I'll be good from yeah, now okay. on. I yeah, promise. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And then as soon as he gets out of the room, he's like, oh my god. Well, and then as if on cue, as oh, soon yeah. as the monologue's done, the door opens up and they come back out. Like, well, Billy, we're all done. And the and Grandpa's like. Ah, it gets like quiet again. I just kept expecting him to lean over and give him a little wink, like "fuck you, Billy, you fucker." You see, don't you get it? But it doesn't happen. That's the last we see of Grandpa. Yeah, he's just yeah. in that one scene. That's yeah. it. Now and he pulls like, a Bill Murray. Nobody will ever believe you. The, oh, that's right. Oh, oh my god. Now this poses to me, and and it brings about that at this moment in the movie we realize we're in some bizarro world because what happens in this film is almost inexplicable. I guess it mirrors real life in a way. Uh, that, like, the real world is awful. But this movie in particular, the world that all these people exist in, is very sleazy and shitty and cynical and awful. Uh, we catch up with a gas station murder. A guy oh, dressed as right. Santa comes in, and he's no motivation. Now, this is the thing. Throughout this whole movie, the whole movie is about one... Well, I don't know if you can say there's no motivation in this. The guy's trying to hold up the, the uh, gas fair, station but, attendant, but, and the gas station attendant pulls a gun on him. Okay, but he doesn't just shoot him in self-defense <laughs> after robbing the store. He shoots him again, and then he <laughs> and shoots then him again. in the fucking forehead. <laughs> now, the, the thing is, the whole movie... Sounds like an average, you know, <sighs> gas station in America these the, days. The Goodness whole movie gracious. is about one boy's man's journey into killer one boy man but throughout this movie there are just random murderers and lunatics with no explanation given <laughs> so the movie's ahead of its time all right <laughs> sure, that okay. is true yeah the the you got the mother superior that is just tying kids to bed what is this weird world you've also got the dude in the toy store who's rapist. it's yes what are these people oh, my favorite and i don't want to get ahead of us yeah but um the uh the sled bullies i yeah. immediately <laughs> thought if oh, i could remake, i can't wait to talk about sled bullies if i could remake that scene of it that's brand well, dude, new we got, we got time. let's go uh, hey you guys sledding give me a sled I I can't wait. Like, wait, don't talk about it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, you know what this is? It's like Christmas. I want to open the gift, but There's I can't so wait to wait for it. Just wait till we get there, Jack. I think you're edging huh? Brandon again. Edging. I do want to move through it kind of quick, we'll, though. We'll pull uh, back. We'll but, pull back. Um, then straight from this gas station, we have a carjacking that's so mean spirited, and a wife jacking too. Oh, yeah, dearie. and it, it it's basically five minutes of a baby screaming while the baby. That's and then, what and then got there is me. Uh, um, oh god. Sweet, uh, the song on the radio. Okay, oh, sorry, sweet, sorry. sweet, sweet baby. baby, sweet little baby. Now, guys, again, what is this weird world that these characters? Have? There are Christmas carols throughout the film, but they are not Christmas carols that have ever been heard anywhere before. <laughs> what a night of cheer this is! How grand it is to feel so merry. Life is very gay when people catch the Christmas fever. I, that's Christmas fever. I thought I was like, is this? Is there a song that I didn't no. know? About? And Brandon was like, Oh no, this is a bizarro world where they're just like, we can't get the rights to these. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, you guys grab a public domain? Nope, we're going, nope. we're going, we're going. All Not unless new. somebody sings it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot license it is a song. Fantastic. Um, it's it's incredible. So this carjacking happens. Mom is uh, dad is shot in the face again. 
mother is sexually assaulted and then her throat is cut open. It's just so mean-spirited. It's so sleazy. It's Meanwhile, the kid is standing in a fucking ditch on the side of the road watching, watching this happen. unable to do anything. And then there's this weird kind and of And then the baby's still in the car sobbing. screaming. Yep. Well, that comes up later on in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. It is a memory that the baby, that the grown baby has wow. of uh, his first memory of Santa Claus's as oh. an infant in the back. Okay. Oh anyway. Um, Sounds like an episode of Dexter. It's, it's really mean-spirited, but then there's this really awful balance because then they kind of make the guy like funny. After he like murders this woman, he's like, "Oh, oh, shit!" And that's a fucking character away. actor too. What's that character actor's name? I forget. Name? But yes, he, he did tons of television. He, is, he was on Star Trek in the '60s. Yeah, he was in a, a I think a couple of Clint Eastwood movies, playing like a biker or yeah. something. And that guy, you never see him again. Wow, he's gone. Like that's it for that character. That is, I think they so call him Grandpa. Flat Grandpa just Grandpa's one scene gone. disappears. Murdering this, Santa that is the catalyst scene, of the whole thing. Disappears. Gone. Check off Santa. <gasps> <laughs> Set him up. It's nice. So the kid ends up becoming an orphan. He goes to stay at this uh, incredible orphanage with Mother Superior, <laughs> who has a great moment in the movie when there's like kind of chaos in the bedroom, and she comes in. There's this like kid sleeping on the top bunk, and he's like looking. He's like, "What's going on?" And he, she puts her palm in the kid's face and smashes it down into the pillow as to say, go to bed. <laughs> just smashes it and covers him up and it's incredible. It's just like there in the background is this incredible How many moment. good Catholic children are listening to this and quaking in their boots right now? PTSD? Yeah. She beats the shit out of Billy uh, and gets them all torn up with sex and violence uh, mixing up. Um and then we jump ahead <laughs> significantly, um, and we see that Billy is now a grown 18-year-old boy who has a completely different eye color. You know, by the way, kids' eye colors change twice in their life. One when they're six, another time when they're uh, t- ten, Wow! and then when they're 18. Whoa. Yeah, so you can start off with blue eyes. Then you can have... Well, every baby is born with blue eyes. Yeah, and then they change into green, and then when you are an adult, they are dark Beady Brown. Not every person. No, not, that's every boy. Like every boy. This happens to every boy. Like it certainly happens size. to Billy. You mean uh-huh. every boy in this bizarro world? Yeah. He also loses freckles and gains them. It's pretty fascinating. Hair color changes. Eh. Yeah, I've seen a lot of kids go from blonde mm. to darker hair as they get older. But yeah, he actually went from dark hair to being blonde. Yeah, when he was older. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then curly. Yeah. Um, okay, so 18-year-old Billy is introed as this big, tough stud muffin. And we're introed to him, by the way, with a long um, uh, panning yeah. shot. It pans down from his dick all the way up to his face. And uh, Mr. <laughs> Sims, the toy oh, store yeah, manager, yeah. gives him a look that I is very vague. Is it, that is a big, large specimen, or is it, that's a hell of a mm. specimen. <laughs> mm. Yeah, come work for me. It's, I don't. Maybe it's testament to the actor that it's not clear. Um, That's our boy, Gary. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. That's our teenage boy, Gary. Well, we jump into a montage at this point. Do you get my reference? Is that Gary, Indiana? No. Weird Science? No, Mr. Yes, it's Weird Science. Mr. Oh, Sims plays Gary's father. Get out! Yeah. Oh, wow, that's a deep cut. He's also the dude in uh, in in The Great Outdoors that gets struck in the head with lightning like seven times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's a good character. Yeah, he's good in the movies. Sims. Yeah. Mr. He's Sims, the toy store manager of Ira's Toys. I assume he's Ira Sims? Ira I don't know. Sims. Actually, um, I think Ira is the producer of the movie, and that's why they that need is, it. That's after, true. Yeah. That toy, uh, the toy store had the tiniest little sign. It does. It has like, uh, the largest storefront, but yes. it's got this little tiny Ira. 
Diaries. So. And I love that uh, then there's a, we, it jumps into a montage with a great song called what, Chris? Montage. No, the... The warmest warm side, of, side the, of the door. The oh, warm that's right. Yes, the, yes, the warm of the yeah. door. <laughs> it's the warm side of the door. I don't know how it goes, but it's sorry. I, I made that joke. I guess when we were texting back and forth, that's what started the whole. Like, yeah. Oh wait, these songs. What are these? Now They're here's shit. the deal. This movie was made in '84, probably shot in '83. This toy store is just full of. There's wow. no way they paid for a license for these Shit toys from like this, 1967 all the way up until about 1975. Yeah. It's very clear that they just maybe shot in a real toy store with the real toys because there's no way that they even attempted to clear the shit. You could never make this movie now. I want to do another quick round of uh spot that shit. Yeah. And this is stuff that I spotted in this store. Um Sport a lot of board games, including Sportorific, Give Me Five. There was a uh, a GI Joe Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Another game called Hands Down. There's an old Poochie portfolio. Uh, the Matchbox Super Garage. I, I did see that. And I said, Oh my god, I have yes. one of those. Yeah, yeah. Stomper Four by Four. Some High Riser uh, RC cars. Mm-hmm. Of course, Potato Heads. There was like a fish that folded out and it had like that paper sphere uh, hexagonal kind of like. Um, belly, like yeah, like the crepe, uh, like a, yeah, yeah. And yeah I, I know which one you're talking about. I had never considered it until I remember, watched this, and I was like, I had one of those in my bedroom. Oh my goodness! Um, there was a Star Wars Dubak yeah, playset. There was that. a Star Wars Jabba the Hut, the action playset. The action playset. I was like, ooh, 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 big stunt dirt buggy, <laughs> uh, shot race, which is a board game. There was a Hot Wheels Wipeout, a bunch of Smurf shit. There's a fucking Mickey Mouse chalkboard. Could you imagine Disney? <laughs> Saying, yeah, put this in your movie. <laughs> your Santa murdering, uh, <laughs> raping. Like, oh, God. Lord. Yeah, okay. I, yes, a, a Mickey Mouse chalkboard should go front and center. Um, there was, of course, uh, Popeye the movie, the board game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wild Bill Hickok handcuffs with keys. Thank goodness. Bunch of blow-up Easter bunnies. Uh, the board game Zaxxon. And, of course, the board game Crawl. I spotted that one. That was nice. There was the Monroe Dollhouse kit, Torture Track, Stuff Your Face, the board game. Uh, at one point, Mr. Sims just opens up an unopened G.I. Joe vehicle, dumps it out, and then starts putting it back in. As if the actor needed something to do in the yeah. scene. Peace and carrots. And the Peace director and didn't Peace tell him what to do. Gosh. It's incredible. Uh, Mousetrap, of course, the game that nobody really liked to play. They just wanted to set the trap off. Uh, <laughs> yep. Snoopy's Dream Machine, uh, Masters of the Universe Castle Grayskull, and Ooh. last but not least, uh, Habitrail Deluxe Set for your hamster. <laughs> um, just some incredible stuff in that toy store. Uh, a little bit early for me. But I think for some people, it would have been a place uh, you wish you could live. Vintage, right there for yeah. me, man. I was right in that age group there. Um, okay, <clears throat> that was uh, that, that was it for this episode's uh, spot. That shit. <laughs> um, okay, I'm I'm gonna kind of move fast through here. But like, does anyone not tell anybody? None of those nuns tell anybody about Billy's obvious triggers. The kid watched it's all bullshit. Santa rape his mother and murder his father and then murder his mother he needs to get the fuck over it you need to come sit on santa's lap <sighs> now that's why i'm like this mother superior i i there was one thing i just want to go in there really quick yes. um so the mother superior comes downstairs these orphan kids are playing i would say calmly 
with one toy. And I believe the line is, I see nothing but greed. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. It's Christmas. They're orphans. They got one toy. And they're, you know, it's not even like heightened where they're fighting over them. No. They're, it's just like a kid they're with just a doll. Happy. They're happy. They are happy. Wow. I'm an sweet. orphan and I got a present today. Thanks so much for thinking of me. Wow. I see nothing but greed. I was like, Jesus, this lady's killing me. But yeah, that, that exactly. They know, at least I think they know what this kid went through. Because he, he does have the picture that he drew of Santa... Uh, with his head chopped off, I'm like, I get it. Of course, they draw that. And they yeah. bust him, and he says, "I'm sorry." But yeah, they're like, "Hey, come over here." He punches a Santa Claus out. He Dude. knocks him onto the ground off of a chair. Off Break his nose. I, my note was, uh, my note was, this <laughs> kid has got an amazing left hook. <laughs> yeah, he does. He boom. He took him up off the chair. Yeah. Well, he does have super strength, as we learned. Oh yes, from yes. his first murder when he which, lifts him up off the ground once yeah. again, one handed. Yeah, <laughs> is is uh, physically impossible. started off with a little bit of a. Uh, Oh, what is it that this movie could use more of? Oh, sexual, sexual assault. assault. Uh, there's another one of those, complete with uh, shirt ripping um, and breast uh, bobbing. Um, but it's it occurs during the lamest party ever. A really pathetic party. All right. Store's closed. Let's get drunk. Yeah. yeah. They start drinking. At, uh, okay. So the first kill on Christmas Eve is on Christmas Why Eve. Why oh is it the toy store is open late on Christmas Eve? Okay. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, so he kills this guy who's uh, sexually assaulting a girl who I think he has a crush on? into him too. Yeah. But it's not very it's not muddy, clear. very yeah. muddy. Uh, the 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 sexual. Well, politics. just remember, I mean, if you you know if you were an alien looking on planet Earth, you know, trying to understand human culture, you would think that basically every woman from the 1980s is a whore. I mean, that's kind of how they present them, especially yeah. in these films. Yeah. So. And definitely all the women in this movie are presented that way, yeah. and, including the nuns, and ex- with the exception of the mother, who still gets a really awful comeuppance. Yeah. Um, okay, so he basically strangles a guy with these uh, Christmas lights, but lifts him up into the air with it, mm-hmm. um, and saying his the old quotable line the, that most you know every slasher would kill to have a quote as good as this: "Punishment is good." Punish. You're crazy! You're crazy! Get no, away from me! No, You're crazy. thank you. So he murders her with a brutal gun. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys watch the unrated version, or did you get the? Did you have to watch the R-rated? I watched the. Uh, it, it was on Tubi. Yeah, and they had, they had both. They're like, hey, unrated or rated? I was like, oh, let's go unrated. Okay, it's pretty fucking yeah. violent. Gra- it's yeah, graphic. Yeah. She gets a nasty, brutal gutting. Um, then we get some other things hatches to the skull. Oh, the old. Oh, the old. Hey, ploy. A woman tries to escape from the store, oh. and he just goes, hey! And she stops trying to escape and yes. turns around only for her to be shot with an arrow. Um, and then we have a, a... Santa goes on a rampage. Billy goes on a rampage at this point. Uh, goes attacks a young couple making out on a pool table. Uh, Linnea Quigley. Yes, uh, it is In Linnea an Quigley. early film role for her. And this is probably like the most recognizable kill of the entire movie. I think so. But not my favorite. But the most recognizable kill, for sure, um, complete with this line that, I don't know, by the way, if you guys have never used this line, it works. Trust me. The line is, two ball, corner pocket. (laughs) I was like, is he going to put his balls in? (laughs) Oh, that's a weird line. Again, the sexual politics in this movie, I don't, I'm not sure. 
Uh, gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, murders occur, um, and then, look, I just want to jump ahead and talk about the sled death. There's a sled, sled sequence guys. that is just the sled guys. Bob and Mac. Is it, Bob yeah. They have names. Uh, okay. Bob and Mac, so the grown-up sled bandits. First of all, there's two dudes who are like... <laughs> Hey, here we are out in the middle of uh, 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 the woods on Christmas Eve. This uh, is great. Sled. This is going to be a great night. We're going to go sledding. Yeah, they're busting each other's chops. Yeah. Little, you're nervous. Nah, I'm not. All nah, I can do I it. I think there's someone out here. No, seriously. I hear that. Did you smell something? <laughs> Only for these two Bob and Mac. Men. Like, yeah, they like, are 20. <laughs> like, that would be like if we were like, do you guys want to go steal something from kids? <laughs> now, and, they, was and, it a chance? I don't Or do they know? Was it planned in advance? I, I don't know. It, it wanna, looks like they were uh, stalking them, honestly. Oh it's like, God, I I'm a 20 year old guy that's chasing a 13 year old kid around. That guy's a 35 year old man. I am Chris. Sled, <laughs> I am sled. Sledless, and I want your sled, and I'm taking it <laughs> to go down this hill. At what could be only described as a moderate clip. <laughs> like they have to, I notice they have to push their They're so, so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Wee! Wee! Their Woo! All right, this is gonna be great. They're so excited. Maybe they're in an altered state. They were could well, they're definitely in an alternate huffing, universe, uh, huffing, huffing brake fluid or something. Oh, it's incredible. Bandits. It's it's like. Four minutes of just bliss watching these. It really feels like a totally different movie. Yep. Uh, it's bizarre. Well, not really. It's character. I guess so does this kill your favorite kill? Yeah, yeah. because yeah. the yeah. guy gets his head cut off <laughs> with an axe. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of a startling jump scare. He just kind of comes out and swings an axe at the camera. Doesn't he scr- punish? Punish! I was like, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and the other dude's at the bottom of the hill waiting for him coming out. All of a sudden, like, oh, here comes my friend. This cor- headless, <laughs> headless corpse <laughs> on a sled. And the guy starts screaming. Great scream. Great yes, scream. It's a great scream. Yeah. Um, and and then the head comes rolling down the yeah. ladder. Oh, my God. Um, so anyway, and then the movie reaches its climax, which if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it. So watch the movie. It's it's 84 minutes of just brilliance. Um, what's up, Chris? No, I was going to say, I, I recognize that, that Mother Superior from that movie. Did you guys ever see Predator 2? Yeah. She's in Predator She's 2. She's in Predator oh, 2. Who is she in Predator yeah. 2? She's, She's the scientist a... that analyzes the dart that, uh, <gasps> yes, that, dude. that oh was inside God, uh, Ruben Watts' hand. Yeah. Amazing. Good eye. Yeah. Yes. Oh. All right, so... Christmas carols in this movie are fucking bizarre. Here's some of the titles of them. Sweet Little Baby. Ooh. Santa's Watching. Santa's Waiting. The, do you know any more of it? Oh, uh, Did you write any of it down? Oh, Jack? I wrote a couple Jack's of them. Jack's like, I'm going to do a cover version on this. Oh, and no. Just because I was... I was <laughs> and I'm going to um, put it on YouTube. It's okay. We won't have to pay for the rights. They're made up. I... Oh, wow. I did write the one that they sing outside the house. Yeah, I think this um, is not ASCAP. <laughs> so I think we're good. There was one little, uh, little bit that I just wanted to bring up. Uh, backtracking to the couple that are getting intimate on the pool table. Yeah. It just made me giggle. Uh, the, uh, the guy's name is Tommy, and uh, he's, uh, they start. They are starting to get into some romantic shenanigans. There's caroling outside, and the guy goes, I can't concentrate with that racket. And then he proceeds to turn on a Christmas song called <laughs> Christmas Blues. I just love the idea that he can't, like, that Christmas song's throwing me off. Let me put on a Christmas song. And, and he so now is both. really <laughs> worked up about her answering the door to let the cat in. You, you know, he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He's I'm like, what? Nobody's I'm going to kill her. Dude. Yeah, like, right. Oh, relax. Yeah. Hey, take it easy. She's, you're going to get laid. Just, dude. Take it. Don't it's blow Linnea it. It's Quigley. Come on. You sh- she'll put it out. Yeah, just <laughs> wait a couple of minutes. Holy <laughs> Christ. 
here we go. I'm going to just give a couple of quick Dead City tallies here. All right. We got deranged grandpas. We got bullets to the chest, bullets in the forehead, shirt ripping, throat slashing, screaming babies, naughty nuns, butt whippings. Uh, Toy Store montage with cozy Christmas song, strangulation via Christmas lights, utility knife, gut carving, hatchets to head, arrows through torsos, the old hay ploy, deer antler impalement, window tossing, sled stealing, decapitation with rolling head and bloody stump. The, they buried a, an actor in the fucking snow. <gasps> yes! Yeah, just so his head could be there. <laughs> what a miserable night that must have been. Ooh. Oh, my God. And by the way, let's talk. I just want to talk about. And well, I heard that the snow was melting horribly uh, during the filming of this yes. movie. So, like, they had to shoot all the outdoor snow stuff first. And that's what we got. The saddest, shittiest snow you'll ever see. Just covered in black mud b- boot tracks and, <laughs> and dog piss. And at certain points, it's just white blankets. They just draped blankets on the grass wow. at the orphanage. Uh, there's a deaf Santa shooting, an axe in the chest. Uh, a deaf Catholic priest Santa that's shooting. Right. Oh. Um, a snowman decapitation, oh, yeah. uh, back shooting, and plenty of nudity and sexual assault to get you in the Christmas spirit. spirit. Ho, hey guys, ho, Silent Night, ho. Deadly Night is the daddy of Christmas terror. Yeah. There are four sequels to Silent Night, Deadly Night, and I guess a remake, kind of. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is incredible. Um, Garbage day! Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> the infamous it's one. probably my favorite of the two, if anything, because it's 40 minutes of flashbacks of part one, and then a bunch of new brilliant stuff that you will also just have you... Mind blown! I can't. I don't even have words. It's incredible. And the you best... know, they already had the sequel wrote, you know, partially written by the time that they had released this movie. Actually, the, the we didn't ori- talk about the boycotts at all. That's because everybody talks about the boycotts. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's you, you could. That's the only thing you'll ever read about Silent Night, Deadly Night is the mm. fact that people fucking boycotted it. Whoop de do. Silent Night, Deadly Night three. You better watch out. Is with Bill Mosley, and uh, he's got his brain in a jar on top of his head. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, The Initiation. Uh, fucking gross, Brian Yuzna, gross, fucking gross shit. Bugs and slime and gross fucking Yuzna. Is it Screaming Mad George? Yes, yes. it's yes. disgusting. It's gross. Then you've got to watch it. And uh, Octopussy is in it as well. And then... Um, <laughs> Silent Adams? Yes. Nice. And then Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker with Mickey Rooney, who... Was one of the most vocal <laughs> opponents uh, to the first opponents movie. to this movie. Oh, right? Yeah. Yes, um, and he is a real piece of work. And Silent Night, Deadly Night Five yeah. is. So they told him that it was a totally different movie, and he did it. And then afterwards, they're like, hey, "We just got him to do a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie." Fooled you. That's a bizarre. That's a really bizarre movie. Also, really weird. Lot. There's a lot of emphasis on sexual assault in these movies. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so what the Christmas season's all about. That's right. That's right. So um, okay, there you go, guys. Silent Silent Night, Deadly Night as my choice. Um, now, Jack, I believe as the guest of the show, you should go next with your choice. <clears throat> now, I know I'm sure that everybody's seen it, but Christmas is all about tradition. And I, this is a movie I love to mm-hmm. watch every year. Also, 1984, Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? 
I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift <laughs> he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. Uh, Gremlins is... Oh, we can't do that one. Oh, I don't know. So this is the classic directed by Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus. You've got Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, Hoyt Axton, all kinds of great people in this. Jackie Joseph, who was in the original Little Shop of Horrors. Good Lord. Brenda Belaski, who was in Joe Dante's The Howling. Dick Miller. Judge Reinhold is in there. <laughs> Chuck Jones, man. Chuck Jones. Fucking Chuck Jones, the animator. Checking out Billy's drawing at the... Do you ever notice uh, the bottom of the... Uh, the so it's the Miss Deagle dragon. Yeah. Uh, topless lady at the bottom. Yeah. There's a boob out. I was like, oh, wow, Billy. Nice work, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, um, Gerald. <laughs> no, but um, this movie, I, I will be honest. I When I heard uh, Christmas Horror, this one is the first movie that jumped in and I immediately was like wow no 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 it's too it's too obvious but I just kept circling back to it if nothing else I think it would be a blast to talk to you guys scared the shit out of me in 1984 this, that's man. the thing it is scared the crap out of me so much so I, that I actually refused to go see it at one point because the, the commercial scared me so bad and I finally oh manned up later on but like you know like initially when I was supposed to go see this movie because it was PG yep <laughs> before before I saw it I had a little little toy record play and I had I don't remember what the title was but it was basically do you uh, Brandon's like I, ha- I, I have them Jesus Christ okay yeah this is, is this, this is the story of Gremlins no no you will is... know it's time to turn the page oh. when you hear the chimes ring like this I haven't heard that record in 35 years there is a part there is some sound effect jump scare I, I want to say it's like stripe smashes glass or something and I would to test myself as a kid, I would put it on and I'd go, okay, it's coming. It's coming. So you're going to test coming, your testes? That's what it felt like. Is cause, Nut up or that, shut up, Jack. I would get scared every time. And I tried to memorize. It's what got me into like the pattern of, okay, this is how jump scares work. Because it scared me so much. Um, and I, I think that's 
the reason this movie is so important to me, if you had to, um, if you're like, hey, I want to get my kid appropriate age level uh, into horror movies, I think this is the perfect, so I call it starter horror. Oh, Nothing yeah. that's going to traumatize too much, but it is a step up of, you know, step above like um, anything, you know, Disney scary dark movies. Dark Crystal. <laughs> yes, Dark Crystal or, or any kind of, you know, Goosebumps, this is the next step of, because it is, play, It's I want to talk to you guys about this, the tone of this movie amazes me still to this day I think I mean this is a it's a practically perfect movie I was, that's exactly God my words damn. although I was going to remove the practically mm-hmm. I really feel that it is a perfect it's, film it's a phrase that Jamie and I use all the time yeah. that we have you know just because we're Mary Poppins fans um, <laughs> no, but it, this is definitely on our practically perfect I, I really yeah. I mean this is a like a five star movie to me it really <gasps> is awesome. the definition I mean of uh, but I mean, it's one of the best Christmas films ever made. If not, if again, it's one if of the best the horror best, films ever made. Yeah, mm. it's just like it, the Christmas vibe is so strong in this movie. It's and it's artificial Christmas, which That's is kind so of what good. I love the most about it. Because growing up here in Florida, we've not really gotten the snow. <laughs> when we get snow, it's typically artificial snow mm-hmm. at a theme park, and that's kind of a nostalgic thing. And this movie is, you know, it's a great double feature in a way with It's a Wonderful Life because It's a Wonderful Life oh. is the same sex. <laughs> it's that it's you know it's that it's that it's the same fucking town. It's That's Bedford a, Falls Kingston is Falls. now Kingston Falls God. and we get to see it get destroyed, but it's got that backlot artifice to it that and is it's the same town as in Back to the, back future. To the future. Yeah. And it's just it it there's something uh, you know this movie really plays into the nostalgia uh, plays those nostalgia chords perfectly and brilliantly. Um, I really want to hear more of what you have to say about it, Jack. Yeah. I, oh, I re- I want to talk to you. That's the thing. I'm I'm very much like a. What thoughts do you guys have on? Like, I have I have some talking points here. I I don't know if we need to go over the. We can go over the plot, but I mean the basics. Um, I great star, uh, great starter horror movie. Um, I forgot. Like genuinely terrifying things like the moment um one of the mo- the moment that really gets me is when billy billy has actively put his mom in danger discovers that these things are killer goes to call her and warn her because he was up against just one just one of these things and it, it fucked, fucked him, him up, up. Mm-hmm. yeah he, like it murdered uh, uh uh the teacher his friend oh yes. my god and then he calls home mom you gotta Phone home, (laughs) (laughs) which of course they're making fun of Steven Spielberg again. There, line and the phone line gets cut, and then uh, just that. Do you hear what I hear? I don't want to get too much ahead of myself. This is I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, now it is only one scene, but classic '80s ass kicking heroines, uh, uh, Ellen Ripley, um, uh, Sarah Connor. Jamie Lee I would, Curtis. I would Jamie Lee Curtis. I would genuinely put Miss Peltzer. Yeah, yeah. Francis Lee McCain as the actress. That scene, that section is phenomenal. Get she, out of my kitchen. No, and, and yes. that's one of the things. The buildup, like that. I think it's maybe three, four minute section. She doesn't immediately go ah and become this gremlin killing. She gets stalked oh, by the them. Tension just gets ratcheted it, up, and then she, she, you know, she's able to kill one uh, quickly while its guard is down. But then she gets attacked. She fights back. She gets outnumbered. She. I love the scene where she grabs that extra knife and he's like, "Bring on." Well, yeah, and, man. I mean, that's just it. Like, it's ooh, there is a. It's it's a perfect it's, escalation, right? But it's and also the stakes are it's so a high. very very self-aware like Joe Dante as a filmmaker you we, we talked about tone but like Joe Dante as a filmmaker is such a uh um 
he's such a like a prankster and he understands like subversion he's seen literally every movie probably that's ever come mm-hmm. out and he does this thing where yeah you just said Billy gets his ass kicked by the first gremlin Mrs. Peltzer single-handedly takes Take down three, three at yeah. least, maybe four. Oh, um, oh, no, it's Billy that cuts that final one's head yeah. Yeah. But, but yet she, like, she blends one, she blends one, one, microwaves, microwaves one. one. I was but like, she's fearless. I mean, she's, if anything, she's, it's like the buildup is the scary part of her, but when she finally sees him, she's like you just said, Chris, get out of my kitchen. She's like, yeah. get the fuck out of my kitchen. Dude, There's enough so gremlins good. in this shit to begin with. Nothing in my kitchen works, and now you're fucking it up? <laughs> And like let's I mean that's kind of a clever it is, man. That's a thing, right? Like so Mr. Peltzer Rand Peltzer. Um I make the illogical logical. (laughs) He makes inventions and none of them work. None of them work. They are all full of gremlins. Got gremlins. And it took me until I basically rewatched it now to put those things. I was like, right, technology. So these you know, these inventions that keep going awry, it's all the goddamn gremlins' fault. It's it, yeah, old W I W I I. They put, they put oh. gremlins in everything. Now they put them in the watches. They got little tiny gremlins in the watches. <laughs> it's a nice night. Hey, thank you for walking. Yeah, oh. he's great. Um, Kentucky Harvest. Um, oh, yes, full of foreign parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I better be on my way, Mister Futterman. <laughs> Trying to get out of here. Let's talk about Phoebe Cates for oh, a minute, if we can. Um, hold on, hold on. Can we underscore this part with the cars, please? <laughs> yeah, let's fill up the room with eggnog again. I, I want to just say that obviously Fast Times at Ridgemont High is the movie that makes you lust after Phoebe Cates. Mm-hmm. But Gremlins is the movie that made me fall in love with her. Oh, sure. 100% yes. Um, she is the most charming. Also, there's something very dark in her. <laughs> yes. That is... Very attractive yes. on that alone, you know. Just why, why is that, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> it's like this started his golf girl phase. You know, of course, I'm sure we'll probably talk about her famous monologue. Yes, but I had forgotten. It had been a while since I've rewatched Gremlins. I watched it at Christmas, but it was very much like you know in well, the background. Let's loving talk it. about it now. Let's get it out of the way. Oh, the, the monologue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go. Oh my god, uh, I I love it. I love it. I, that's. I think it with this movie. Well, it, some people are opening presents. Other people are opening their wrists. Well, see, and that's the like, other. I had forgotten about that scene. And I was like, oh, they're setting her up for she's got something dark in her past. That scene with Billy as they walk yeah, home. I don't the celebrate Carolers Christmas. And, yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, God. Yeah. Opening up presents. Well, of course, because you're presents. Jewish. I mean, it's like, okay. <laughs> I get it. it. There's nothing wrong with that. These are the 80s, man. We're, we're moving beyond that bullshit. It's so great. But yeah, any any thoughts on the... Okay, so I love the monologue because of how like bleak it is and how fucked up it is. Obviously, it's hilarious, and I do that monologue not word for word, but I always I I always do that monologue for people. It's a staple in my life just because of its darkness and it's it really is left field. Having watched this movie hundreds of times, when I get to that scene now, I have a different viewpoint of it now. Um, yeah, I, it's because you're living in a post-Gremlins 2 world, Brandon. Well, I guess I feel that... I guess I feel that while, you know... Okay, the the story goes that the studio really wanted that scene removed from the movie. Yeah. They just wanted it gone from the film. Apparently it was Joe Dante had to, he fought for it. He fought. He kept saying over and over, no, mm-hmm. no, I want it. I want it in my movie. I, it's going to be in my movie. And Steven Spielberg... Also was like, you I it. really don't think you should have this in the movie, but I'm going to back my director. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, 
and we're going to keep it in. Um, but the like now when I kind of watch it, I have an issue with it. I feel like one, they kept it in, but they cut plot stuff out. They cut out because of that. You know, in that scene in the bank, they find what happened to Judge Reinhold's yes. character. Well, he yes. locks himself in the vault. Yes, yeah. they find I'm out that um, Polly Holiday's character, Mrs. Deagle, the evil Scrooge of the story, mm-hmm. um, has been um, buying up real estate in the town. Um, in order to do nefarious things, in order to She's have a, it off a, like a, a huge stake, yeah, a huge stake in, in in the town's business. So, and those things are set up in the movie, and then they don't really pay off. And it's fine because the movie moves again at such a sharp pace, and it's so smart and, and funny and irreverent and weird uh, and unique. But when you see it as like as many times, it's one of those things where now I'm kind of like, you know what? It does stop the movie dead. It is really a non sequitur in the grand scheme of things, and which is probably why they make fun of it in Gremlins Two. Which is fine, but you know, assuming let's just pretend that Gremlins Two doesn't exist. Watch the movie as it was, and you know that first movie. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, Spielberg was right; it should go. And sometimes it it's not always great to fight for those things. You, you could tell that it's like one of those things that Joe Dante was like, you know what? You're we're really kind of kidifying my movie a lot since I signed on and I'm fighting for this I understand and well because I mean if you go back to Chris Columbus's original script now, have you guys read that much much no, darker it. yeah that's something ha- I wanted to have you read it yeah. uh, I know I know bits and pieces about okay. the McDonald's it's, attack it's available and... online to read in <gasps> oh its entirety gosh. and it's, it. it's a fascinating read if only because it's not a good screenplay it's it's structurally it's atrocious. Well, it's one of his earliest works there too. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. It's the first thing he wrote, yeah. and it's you know. Or but it's got some script. really cool ideas in there. It's got a great idea. It's it's got a great central idea, yeah. but it, it couldn't differ any wildly any further. You know, Gizmo turns into the stripe, and yeah, that was Spielberg that said, "Hey, let's keep this one." So we yeah, it's the heart, and, and I will say, he, Giz- there's a heart that the, Gizmo the original and script Billy, does not have. Gizmo and Billy, I I'll, it's one of it's beautiful. Bow, bow, bow. Bow. I, your boy tears up every Me too. time. I was like, "Me too." Oh, he's he's got to let him Perhaps go. Someday, you will be ready. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, he, you can understand goes. him." To to hear, one only has to listen. Yeah, it's, like, oh, it's great. Keys, Louise. It's great. It's great. I mean, um, so anyway, that, but that's my opinion on the monologue. That said, I I, lo- I do I love it. I, I'm just this is like a. Uh, not a, it's not even a nitpicky thing because it doesn't distract me from the movie, but mm. it's just like if I if I, you know if you're asking no, no, me, it's I, something that I'm kind of like. Eh. I I think and and I think what it is, Phoebe Case is amazing in that monologue, so it it hurts to remove it. But I think if you did remove it, it it would keep things clicking. Yeah, but it, yeah, it is. It's just, she does. So, I was watching like, good lord, it's such a wonderful just this trying well, to hold I mean, back also, this painful like, memory. Gizmo's face during that where he goes. Oh, he, his, his little ears, ears drop, drop down, and the oh, eyes get yeah. so wide, and his mouth opens up. Which is hilarious like, because uh, Billy's not listening shit. at all. He's looking. I mean, and I will say that is something I I was like, <laughs> yo, she's telling you her darkest secret. But I will say, I think to to kind of a credit to what Brandon said, <laughs> Billy is going. I mean, imagine if there was a giant outbreak and someone's opening up to you about right. their darkest memory. I think what Billy is doing is what Brandon would do. Be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna try to see if this. Fu- yeah, he yeah, picks up the, the phone. phone. He's like, is the fucking phone working? He's yeah. like, I don't want to stop you, yeah. but there's a monster outbreak right now. Right. Can we talk about this later? And to Chris's point, <laughs> in Gremlins 2, they yes! try to do the same thing, yes! and and Billy just goes. 
Okay, honey, that's enough. <laughs> what was it? Pre- President's I, Day. Bro, President's Day. This man, this man looks like Abraham me. Lincoln. Jesus, Hello, I was like, girl. Jesus Christ, what happened to this poor lady? <laughs> It's so wonderful. She lived in the Silent Night, Deadly Night world. Oh no! <laughs> Get out of there! Oh my gosh! <gasps> Billy! Oh. Um, uh, oh my goodness! We were expecting them to pull out a, 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 a rat or a dead bird, and instead Is they it? pulled out my father. My father. This <laughs> little ear drop. Um, I kind of feel, and I, that's a, another thing. I guess I could just ask. Um, once we establish that... Hey, well, this is our show. We'll ask the we'll questions. We'll ask the fucking questions. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Jack. <laughs> um, do you guys feel... I have a similar issue with... Um, once they establish the inventions, that's cool. But as we... Uh, do, do you feel like the inventions kind of stall Well, things? they go nowhere. They go it, nowhere. It, it, it has doesn't no payoff. Pay yes. Again, now if here's... Billy, like, picked up something that his dad had invented and fucked the gremlins up, I'll be like, yeah! And again, I think that's a testament to the strength of Joe Dante as a director mm. in that, like, it doesn't... It's not necessary to the enjoyment of the film. True. But, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I... Now, I don't... Re- but that would make too much sense if, like, one of his inventions actually worked. <laughs> But it could be, yeah, but it would be great. That would be a very cathartic kind of an ending that would I mean, wrap the it up. Blender works. But I don't feel like, and I, I could be wrong, but I don't feel that like the inventions were even a part of the, the first draft of the script. Almost, it, almost certainly. Um, it feels like a Dante thing that he was like, you know what? We should make him an inventor <laughs> and, and add these funny little things in. And that's, and like the tone came out Just of gags. that. And then they, as gags, and they didn't think that part through, or True. maybe. You know, tie it into who the knows? story a little bit. I, I know I that, that movie... I'll guarantee you, you'd miss him if they were gone. Oh, no, see, and that's the thing. I, I go, well, if you get rid of the inventions and you get rid of the monologue, I'm kind of immediately like, put them back in. I well, love them. It's, yeah, right. It's it's part of the wonderful... That, I mean, fucking, fucking Kenneth Toby at the end of the movie with the fucking ashtray. Smokeless ashtray. Smoke <laughs> oh, by the way, that scene, it, I wrote this down. You know when that scene follows? The, like smokeless cigarette gag yeah immediately follows kate's monologue <laughs> so hard cut from that's how i found out there was no santa claus yes hard cut to <laughs> smoke. i'm like what a bizarre i was like how is genius to make that tonal shift like work speaking of Oops. uh funny little cuts in the movie hmm. one of my favorite cuts in the film is when uh hoyt axton calls up on christmas eve to tell francis mccain that he won't be being home. able to make it yeah. home and as he's talking to her Spielberg in the phone booth by? well Spielberg goes by but in the background is H.G. Wells' time machine <laughs> yeah. gearing up to go it cuts to Francis talking and on the phone back, it's when gone. it comes back it's just a whisper spoke and everybody's like what? what? and it's that was something that I did not catch until many years later that just you know the gags in the movie and Robin really the robot. Give it, yeah. Which is the same fucking lines that they pull directly from Forbidden Planet. Yep. Wow. Would 60 gallons be sufficient? <laughs> I don't use it myself. It promotes rust. The, the movie's <laughs> heart is legitimately on its sleeve. And yes. it's what's fascinating about it is it's Joe Dante's heart. But, you know, Joe, Joe Dante is like an anarchist. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a very he's very anti-authoritarian. He he hates the establishment. He's very much that kind of a guy, uh, at least, you know, I don't know him personally, but what he gives off and, and the way his films speak. But then there's like. So in a way, he's a cynic. But there, then you got Spielberg, who's very kind of, um, you know, syrupy and saccharine and 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 like, you know, 
sentimentality. It's very sentimental. <clears throat> the, the mix is... Is, is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can see even in Joe Dante's cold cynical heart there's you can, love. There's love, there's love for in the story and yes. um and, and for what he's doing. And um yeah, it's uh, I yeah. love like that's the thing. I think with a push one way or the other, you know, the idea of there's this um, Norman Rockwell esque town, yeah. Kingston Falls, picturesque, invaded by monsters. And if it was, you know, you shift one way to cynical no love or I guess you can't go the other way, but it's such a beautiful balance. That's one of the things I keep coming back to is also uh, just in terms of um, uh, the gremlins themselves, they can go. It's what I can't think of anything else where in some scenes, the gremlins are so much fun and so funny and I love them. And they're like, they're so chaotic and fun. And in others, genuinely terrifying. Again, you know why? And well, this is back oh, to... Is it Jerry Gold's? A uh, no, not... Well, there's a touch of the Jerry... There's a touch, but honestly... What it is is the same thing. We talk about this all the time. It's the same reason that Ghostbusters is so successful. Because the stakes are so the high. The threat is real. Yes. And they, the way that people respond to the threat is is oh. real. Like, they are afraid. So when they I see these things... I love both of you guys. Sh- I miss that in movies so much. That's, yes. that's my number... Sorry, I apologize for no, that's That is my number one thing is... If there were little crazy gremlins running around here, we would all scream and try to get the yeah. hell out. Honestly, we wouldn't. Well, go, the sheriff and his deputies oh, are perfect examples yes. of that because the whole time they're like drunk and they're laughing at ah, well, look at it. Watch out, Frank! Bite your nose off. Yeah, you know they're 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 laughing at the absurdity of it, and then when they see it. Can, can we the, back? Can he we plays go? Santa every year. I can, love that yeah, moment. What's can he we, playing please, now? We, like the cops, roll up, stuff the, all over him. Roll up the window, Frank. The, roll up the window. Let's get. I want to go. I, the I, cops, I go. I want to go. Whose job it is to protect the people? Like, hey, just back up. I really want to go. I want to. I'm back up. Back up, please. Yeah. Like, oh my God, the cops are scared. Yeah. And and then That's, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. you know. And right. and so so the, so the gremlins. Yes, they are funny, but they f- murder and they kill yes. and, and they laugh about it. And it's it, and it works like deagle, 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 deagle. <laughs> Man, that chairlift. Oh, it's so great. But yeah, that's just one of the things I I didn't read. And it doesn't um, it does it shifts back and forth. You know, we're having the bar scene is so great, and then the movie theater scene. But then Grand the oh. madness, super madness. madness. Oh. Michael Simbello. Yep. Oh my God, Mega Deep Madness, cut. the remix, Gremlins remix. I have that on vinyl. That is great. <laughs> they're watching Snow White, and, and they, they love it. it. <laughs> That's actually a, love, to think that like a, movie, a Disney movie, like of all things, oh, you know yeah. how how did they approach Disney on that one? It was when Disney was not doing well, yeah, yep. and they were more than willing to license their uh, their films, yeah. But I mean, still, the fact that like they love it. <laughs> That's a great. And they love it. How, how do they know the words to "hi ho" immediately? <laughs> do they, is there? Do they just it's hear like part a, of a the zeitgeist, of man? You know, yeah. they just hear like a tiny bit of it, and then they jump in. I don't know. They jump immediately in. That's also I, that's part. Um, it's my uh, favorite line in the entire movie too. Milk duds. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I also love the fact that you know uh, they find clothing that yum that is, yum yum. I found out that uh, of course Frank Welker. Frank Welker. I was like, oh my gosh, it's uh, it's Fred, it's Howie Mandel, and Frank Howie Welker. Mandel, Frank Welker. It's Ray from Ghostbusters. Doctor Claw too. Yes, like, Doctor Claw. I, I looked up Frank. I was like, he, oh, he's done everything. everything. He was uh, Ray Stance in the real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Now you also know that Michael Winslow is one of the Gremlins yeah. voices as well. He does a lot of the that. voices. 
That's yeah. cool. My yeah. good. The amount of just people. The same year the Police Academy came out. 1984. 1984. Oh, my God. What a year. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, oh, what are you seeing? Uh, Gremlins, Ghostbusters, Police Academy, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Uh, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, my gosh. 84 is one of those years, man. (sighs) Hey, let's talk a little bit about the world building of Kingston Falls. Yeah. I mean, immediately we are introduced with the beautiful matte painting of the entirety of Kingston Falls. Set to the Darlene love song. Christmas. Which is my favorite... Probably my favorite the Christmas intro. song. It is and a of course, beautiful. rocking Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> what was that? Rick, Rocky, Ricky. Rocking Ricky who? <laughs> Ricardo. Uh, okay, I thought you said something else. Ricardo? Like, no, no. It's <laughs> rocking Ricky Rialto. Rialto. There That's we go. All right. Sorry. Ricky. Wow. Well, Chris. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <gasps> this is the only time I've ever heard Chris make a mistake. <laughs> it's amazing. Hey, you're not rocking Ricky gri- fans. The Gremlins go. I love that. Oh, he- Ricky, you have some explaining to do. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yes, rocking Ricky Rialto. We'll be back with Baba Lou. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, oh so no. sorry, sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, the world building of it, the beautiful uh, sweeping shot, the, the of gorgeous shot, uh, of, but also, but then we go right into it, and there's characters that know each other, and they're all wonderful character yes. actors. Too, and of but, course, it says Billy's running, you know, by foot, you know, to go to look, work. That day. someone waves to him. Like, but hey, I mean, good morning, I mean look, we good get Corey Feldman as Pete. Yeah. His dad runs the Christmas tree farm. You know, <laughs> the sources all the Christmas trees that they sell the Christmas trees, but not. They don't give them to the church, Mm-mm. by the way. Who plays the the priest? It's uh, well, it's not the priest. I mean, the priest is it the police guy. It's the, police... it's the police captain. Yeah, oh, yeah. the sheriff. Oh, he says, wants he goes, it for the station. So come on, you can donate one to the station. And then, of course, uh, it's Harry Carey Jr. sticks his head and says, "I paid for mine." Yeah, that's it. That's it. So it's like we know these characters. It's wonderful. They're just, like the, they're people that know Little each other nuggets. in this town. The relationships well, hit, and it's hit immediately. Also yeah. Show Dante's company of actors too, because you've got um, oh my gosh, um, gosh, you trying to why can't I remember his name? I'm brain farting. Ken no. Toby. Well, Ken Toby's in there. Who's in the thing, of course, and oh. also is in Inner Space and pretty much everything else that Joe Dante. Does. The Howling. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's um, the dad from Patty Duke. Uh, he was also the doctor in Inner Space, and he was also the mayor in True Blood. I mean, working into his nineties. Wow. Uh, what's his name? I Shit. I don't know. He played the priest. I don't know. William Schaller. There we go. William Schaller. It took me a second. There. Oh, okay. Wow. I don't know. Okay. You'd recognize him if you saw him. But yeah, he was Patty Duke's dad in the Patty Duke show. And then, you know, great character actor. Um, Harry Carey Jr.'s in there as well. Uh, the guy that plays the sheriff was a, you know, actor for a long time. Played tough guys and everything. Was actually, I think, you know, like a male sex symbol, believe it or not, in the 1950s. Nice. Uh, the guy that plays the deputy sheriff is the the killer from Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Of course, we we Dick Miller, Jackie Joseph yes. playing a husband and wife duo, the Futtermans. Oh, the Futtermans. The Futtermans. <laughs> Let's talk about the Futtermans. Yeah. Let's talk about the Futtermans for a second. Um, I wish I lived next door to those guys. 
I will tell you that the Murray, uh, that Murray Futterman reminds me a lot of uh, my grandfather. Oh, uh, very great. he in looks and acerbic in a little bit of an a, it, well in a way in a way just a very he just feels like a very American uh, grandpa kind of a guy. You Did he have America. a Kentucky Harvester? Oh, yeah, Kentucky Harvester. Yes. Yes, yeah, and I mean he's got that Brooklyn accent too. But, well, that's know, the thing. My, my grandfather didn't have Midwest, a Brooklyn accent, but, uh, but he, you know, is an Ohio guy. But he had that kind of that mindset, that attitude seemed to still be there. Because Kingston Falls is in New York. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, we so, find that out in Gremlins too. Oh my gosh, he didn't move. He didn't go too far. He away just moves Kingston. into the city. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Futtermans are great. Jackie Joseph. Uh, oh, you have the thingy, the clicker. Uh, <laughs> And you know they they seem to meet their end as you would assume they get run down with no. snowplows. It's but, them. But if you pay attention to the end of the film uh, during the news report, where the uh, news reporter, where the principal from Teen Wolf, the, it's actually the news reporter from The Howling, yeah. the same yeah. character. Um, so the world of The Howling and Gremlins <laughs> it is does live in yeah. the same. Uh, says uh mentions that the Futtermans survived. Oh, that's um, I never Which sets that. them up for the second one, which is great too. But um so they do not die, and I don't know if that was like a last second addition to kind of like not make it so bleak. Um but it's a great moment. Um I don't know. I love the Futtermans. What else? What else? What else? Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say uh, uh, one thing I noticed is uh, Jerry Goldsmith's uh, score. It's incredible. It's so good. That's one of the things I think helps the tone But it's shift. a synth score, too. That's oh right. Oh, my gosh. And there's, well, uh, he loved him some synth yeah, scores. I know. It's true. Um, uh, the scene, what I love is uh, he weaves into the score almost sounds that feel... When uh, Stripe jumps into the pool and you get that <laughs> exactly, that's coming right from him. I'm like, oh, it makes it so nice. His Kingston Falls theme is just this beautiful, sweeping, romantic, and then that goes right into yeah, and then that goes right into as soon as you see Kate and you hear that sweeping, yes, she's got a lovely theme, and then Gizmo's theme, the sweet, the sweet theme he's got, and then of course. It's like, oh yeah, and then of course I think the uh, the Gremlins rag like when that when it gets super chaotic, it sounds so fun yes. that I think that lends itself to when they're having fun rather than being terrifying. Just that music helps so much of like okay we're having fun in this scene now we are we're gonna scare the pants off you in this one. It's an incredible score, That's and cool. I don't want to jump too far ahead with anything here, but I will say, hmm. um, Gremlins two has. It, is my preferred score because Gremlins 2 takes those themes and gives them that the full orchestra treatment and oh, it's fucking beautiful. Gosh. Okay, anyway. Well, the scale of the movie is different too, so it, it lends itself it to is. that. Let's talk about, uh, real quick, let's talk about the Gremlins. And Chris, Chris Wayless. Wayless. Chris Wayless. Yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Uh, I watch. I, I saw. I've seen a couple of little documentaries on them, and just I had never realized to until they said it. I didn't realize there were. I mean, obviously different gizmos. I didn't realize there were different sizes. sizes. Yeah. The close up that you mentioned, that, Chris, where yes. his eyes are wide, yeah, his ears. That are is a giant, bigger than us. Yeah. That is it's, amazing. It's like this big. I never That's picked up on that. at least five feet, yeah. four feet across. <laughs> and then when he's getting jiggled around in the backpack, they had to build okay. giant you know, pencils Props and papers and everything, all yeah. around him. And then there's the little tiny gizmo i found out a fun fact he had a rip away face <laughs> oh to, so, so they could 
put different expressions on him. Yep. So yeah. they're like, oh, he's scared in this one. They'll rip the face off Spirit Gum, the the little scared face. Like, all right, he's scared now. That just, I, I that blew my mind. I Gizmo, not real, but I mean, he's like, no, it's just Gizmo. It's like, oh, this is a giant Gizmo. This well, is I a, mean, it's another one of those puppets, much like Yoda, that like it just great. inhabits so much life to it. I yeah, mean, they're great those puppets. Those ears, man. I mean, those, and oof. now, well, again, Gremlins Two might have more advanced puppet. Well, that's stuff Rick going Baker. on. I will. There's something much more believable to me about the first one and the way that they act like animals. Yeah. Even if it's sometimes kind of clear that it's just like they're on sticks being like jostled around, you know, like tooting horns and stuff. Like it, there's still they're, they just feel a lot more animalistic. All of the all of the mogwai. That little uh, the little scene when they're trying to get out of the movie theater and there is a wave oh. behind them. No, that oh that's the stop motion. Oh oh no no no, 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 no. no. when they're co- yeah. out of the alleyway. It's like they're on some stop kind motions of, after the pool. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're on these like um, I, some kind of like bicycle uh, thing. Yes. but yeah. it's a bunch of them. That's and it's, great. It is a great scene, and that's right before they slam the door on them and the little arms come down. But that scene is genuinely. It's frightening. It's frightening. They Actually, are, they're it might have quick. been that scene alone in the commercial, because it was definitely in the commercial. It, that shot is. That probably fucking kept me from wanting to go see <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that is there. Scared it's a title shit out of me. Just these little angry, oh, I love the shot where they're ripping through the movie screen yeah. after them. First, they do a little projection onto it of them running, and then that close-up where they're shredding the... <laughs> Which like, is kind of like the howling poster. Yes! Yeah. It, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's great. Hmm. Um, I... For years, and I, I, I'm assuming now, I, I'm still not 100% sure, but the shot of the gremlin that's eating the fucking gingerbread cookies that looks and its ear goes up and it snarls for years. I, I still, I, I have my theory. I, I was like, how, how is this done? Mm-hmm. I, because it moves with this fluidity that looks like it would be stop motion, but it's not. I, I, I think what they've done is I think that they shot it at a, at a, uh, higher frame different rate? frame rate, yeah, higher frame sure. rate, and and it was it moved a little bit slower, and that's how it kind of did it, kind of like in uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the plant, you know, moved very slow. Rick Moranis had to sing slow and act that's slow, amazing. and then they sped it up to twenty four frames. I'm I'm assuming that's how they did it in Gremlins. It's still, but again, to me, aside from a few moments where I can see like the sticks puppeting stick, but it's or whatever, yeah. like. That stuff in the in the kitchen especially is sells you like just one hundred percent. And man, there are some scary gremlins in that movie. There's some that look different than others, and there's some that you can tell they the reuse a lot. One that gets the spray in the face, the one that winds up in the microwave. I mean, he's, he's that one, fucking, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. The one hanging out in the Christmas tree. That one's red scary with that's the red stripe. eyes. That's yeah. Oh, I don't. No, no, no. That's, that's when it gets its head oh, cut off. Gets head cut yeah, off. Yeah, stripes yeah. behind the curtain. And yeah, sees right. it. Yeah. Um, there's one. There's one in the in Dory's tavern that has the cigarettes. That like when she strikes the matches and puts oh, yeah. it, and he wiggles his nose. That looks like my cat Lucy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, like I swear, it looks exactly like my cat Lucy. When you hold something that lights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that part, and I know, uh, and we, if you guys, that's Michael Winslow. Oh, get out! That does. And Michael Winslow is also the. <laughs> The bar scene. <laughs> Dory's Tavern scene. Good. With the Peter Lord. Gabriel song playing in the background. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that apparently was the last thing that they shot. And wow. they brought Phoebe back in to to shoot that scene. But, you know, by the time that that movie wrapped, Joe Dante was like, I don't, you know, 
he was very much like, I'm never doing this again. I will Re- never, ever, ever do this again. He we- said it was a nightmare the working pu- with the puppets. The puppets? Because oh. as, you know, we're talking 1984, and yeah. of course, the whole, also, really high-pressure situation, even yeah. though it was a low-budget film, and it was not, like, being raked over the coals by the studio, it was. Mm. But not high, high-pressure, like, poltergeist pressure. Yeah. But... Enough that Joe Dante, and you know the whole thing about working with animatronics, and first of all, it's boring enough on a film set. At least when you're working with an actor, you get you get to talk, you get to work through a scene, you get to see them create, and mo- you can mold. But with robots, animatronics, puppets, it's mind-numbing. Mm. To sit there for a year, a year, Oof. and direct puppets... I, I I get it. Like Joe Dante was very much very adamant. Like we're n- I'm never doing this again. And it took it literally <laughs> so took not years. only does he make a couple of years. ones too, but also small soldiers. You know? But you know the, oh, yeah. the thing with but you know there's the obviously the Gremlins two has the now it has like a great Key and Peele sketch to go along with it <laughs> where you know they're pitching how uh, like Gremlins two and Joe Dante has since said like that's not really. That far off. Inaccurate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's kind of how it went. But, you know, Joe Dante, for years, they tried, because Gremlins was a huge hit, yeah. despite the controversy. And, again, we're going to skip it, because everybody talks about the controversy, okay? Everybody talks about PG, PG-13, yeah. the kid stuff. We all, everybody yeah, that's listening knows. Yeah, but there's plenty of other movies that uh, contributed to that, too. That's so. right. And, um... Indiana Jones yeah, and Temple of Doom right. and also Red Dawn. Yeah, I mean, and like, we all know, the creation of the PG-13. And that all, of course, there we go. But... It was such a huge hit, and they Warner's was immediately like, "We need a sequel. Give it to us." And <laughs> Joe Dante was like, "I'm not doing it. I won't." And for years, they asked everybody. Wow. They tried to get a sequel made. You know who pitched a sequel? Terry fucking Gilliam. What? Yeah, the people that made that pitched sequels <laughs> to Gremlins. Everybody, everybody, and they just kept going like, "This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work." And finally. They went back to Joe Dante. This is fucking years later. Well, it was like 1990? 1990. Six years later, they go back to him, and they're like, will you make a Gremlins movie sequel? And he's like, no! I told you! (laughs) And they're like, we'll give you $40 million and complete creative control. And he was like, I'll do it! That's amazing. You, You can't tell me what to do. Now, you you can't tell me what to do. And that's the only reason that movie works. Yeah. So, and we'll save our Gremlins 2 for another time, because that is also a perfect film. I love that movie. arguably a better film than the first Gremlins. I consider, I think it's Joe Dante's masterpiece. Of, I think it's the best thing he's ever done. It's beautiful. But Gremlins, the first one, has that <sighs> very special place in my heart for Christmas time and all time. Jack, anything else you want to say about Gremlins? There's so much to say. We <sighs> could dedicate, just we like with Jurassic Park, we yeah. could do an entire show about it's it. true. And maybe one day we'll do a commentary or something. But what else do you have for Gremlins, Jack? A I boner? Think. Just a big old Yuletide boner. <laughs> I got a boner for Gremlins! <laughs> No, I think I think we covered so much. This is exactly Hi, you guys. Oh my gosh! Don't say my belly, Earl. You're Bye, Jackie. Oh goodness. Bye, oh, there's one final thing, and I just wanted to pick your brains. Um, it's another one of those weird things. It works a hundred percent, but it's just something on rewatch that I went. I can't think of another movie that does this. The framework of the narrator. 
Oh yeah, uh, Hoyt, Hoyt Axton. So, yeah. so, and and I might just be not thinking of another movie. Hoyt Axton is like. You guys want a story? You know, I got one. Well, who doesn't? So we're like, okay, cool. This guy is going to tell us this story. Nobody. He leaves. (laughs) (laughs) He is not in the town for the outbreak. He comes back just in time to see Billy save the day. So this guy, I just, I love the idea of, I got a story for you, Brandon, Chris. I wasn't there. And he comes back at the last minute. Uh, uh, So I sold this smokeless (laughs) ashtray to an old cow. So and then he comes back and sees the tail end of the carnage. Uh, I saw my dog sniffing a bubbly, gooey slime ball. So scary. That last (laughs) jump scare. And then uh, Mr. uh, Mr. Wing shows back up, collects Gizmo. They say their goodbyes. Walk a beautiful final shot of him walking off in the distance. And he's like another matte painting. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. But then he's like is it a whitlock what's up is it a whitlock i don't know i don't know the answer to that the matte painting ah yeah albert whitlock and his son what's his son's name gibbler gibbler whitlock yeah yeah, gibbler whitlock (laughs) 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 old jibs jib wit but i just i could not think i was like that's such an unusual way of i'm your narrator i wasn't there and now i'll wrap this <laughs> like you think it might be billy i don't know i was just it, i love it again I it a, feels like a like a it, leftover idea yes. or a last minute idea there's like it's so not much of quite like, cooked all the way but it's still that's the yeah. thing it there's works. so many it yes, works it does I, I would flaws be, and all yeah oh that's beautiful yeah it just you know if you took away the inventions and yeah. Kate's so next and time area, your video no, cassette recorder goes on the fritz or all, your washing those... machine blows up Turn on all the lights, check all the cabinets and covers, look under all the beds, because you never can tell. There There just just might be a gremlin in your house. By the way, there is a new Gremlins TV series coming out. Have you guys heard of this at all? I have not heard of it. It's a prequel series, and it's about the adventures of a young Mr. Wing and Gizmo. (gasps) Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'm right. into it. Yeah. It should be out sometime next year. Yeah. Cool. I also I had a thought to date. This might have already been speculated by someone else. I want to see I want to see Murray Futterman back in the war. I want to see that oh, bomber. Man. I kind of be- like in Skull Island. How I'm like yes. I would love to see a movie about those two characters. Hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would. Lo- I'd like a young Murray Futterman. Hey, I'm here on the plane. All right, fighting right. gremlins in the war. In the war, I'd be like, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm so he's it. literally. Didn't and they th- try to do that with that movie that uh, what's her face? Oh no! Don't Dude. worry about that movie. <laughs> you what? know what I just want to talk about, about that right? movie? What? Yeah. Um, there is a movie I think written by. Uh, Max Landis, yeah, Max Landis, Max Landis, yeah, and it, a shadow, of shadow the, of the sky or something. Jeez, Louis, a shadow in the clouds. I don't, don't want to talk too bad about movies, but there is a scene where uh, Chloe, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, Grace yeah. Moretz, she's dangling on a ball, and this is like you know a realistic. She falls and is now falling down from the sky. A plane below her explodes and blasts her back and blasts up. her back up through the gunner hole and she's saying she's not a superhero by the way she's a person i don't see the problem that's how <laughs> physics work that's exactly how it happens that happened to my grandfather in world war ii i i think your has your grandfather ever lied to you? wait did your grandfather tell you that santa will punish you if you're naughty yes <laughs> okay this makes sense <laughs> callbacks uh, did he really come of that catatonia? <laughs> or does that just happen in your head? Both. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, we do have a, 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 a visitor here tonight who wanted to have a few last words um, about this movie. And maybe we should ask him in now. 
Do you want to come in? Larry? Come on up. Step up to the mic, Larry. Hello, it's me, Larry Kasdan. Oh my god, it's no, the best Christmas gift ever, Mr. Kasdan. Hello, hello. Oh, Thank now, you for having me on oh, your podcast. Oh, <laughs> now, Mr. Ka- I I have heard only rumors about this. Yes. And tonight is a very special night. We've been talking about gremlins. Yes. Do you? My understanding is you were involved. Well, I'll tell you first. <laughs> first and foremost, Jack, I am the writer of a movie called Empire Strikes Back. Okay. <laughs> and I'm also the writer of a movie you might have heard of called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, maybe you've seen both of those movies, but I've yeah, written and both. The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, I had something to do with that one as well. Yeah. High-grossing movie. I liked it better when it was called A New Hope. But okay, anyway, fine, oh, fair hey, enough. Hey, but hey. I also, perhaps you're forgetting the fact that I wrote the movie Dreamcatcher. And let us not forget The Big Chill. Of course, The Big <laughs> Chill is my famous movie that I'm known for. And maybe my most famous movie is Bumford. <laughs> no. No. I Love You to Death is your best movie. That's true. Now, Jack, what was the question that you had for me? My que- uh, I have heard tales yes. from some industry experts that they're... We all love Gremlins one and two. Yes, great films. What were... Was there a Gremlins three that you... Your... You had cooked up. Now, Could it's you talk funny that you ask, but I will tell you that at, for a period of time, I was working as a story consultant at Steven Spielberg's Amplin Productions. And, of course, I wrote a treatment. I was one of the many producers who pitched a story idea for Gremlins 3. My story was called Gremlins 3, Gremlins and the Kremlins. And it's a very great screenplay. Now, have you seen my film, The Return of the Jedi? It's a film that I wrote. I, I have seen The Return of the Jedi. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Do you know how there's Ewoks? Basically, Gremlins 3, Gremlins, and the Kremlin was Return of the Jedi, but instead of Ewoks, there were Gremlins, and instead of Endor, it was the, uh, Russia. Russia? Mm. We- <laughs> Do the gremlins wind up fighting uh, a sort of Cold War era uh, uh, Russian... Uh, of course uh, they do. That, yes, of oh, course. So it's kind of like um, uh, Red Dawn. Yeah, but I guess I so. Guess, I guess in... Red Dawn stole everything I... <laughs> complete fabricate stolen. Yeah, because that John Milius is an ass. He's a hack. <laughs> He's a hack. <laughs> Did John Milius make Dreamcatcher? I think not. <laughs> Did 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 John Billius write the big chill? I think not. You know, Kevin Costner was in that movie as a corpse. <laughs> you get a famous a man like you gets a famous actor to play a dead body. That's amazing. That's yes. the kind of respect that yes. you command. Of course, it, just like it by Philip Silverado. Many famous actors vied for parts in Gremlins 3, Gremlins in the Kremlin, uh, and Danny Glover was going to be the lead role. He he was not playing a gremlin. No, but it was uh, very much a film. You know, the reason it fell apart was because I really wanted to have a big portion of the film, uh, Gremlins 3 in the Kremlin, set in uh, the Grand Canyon. And you see, uh, they said, there's no, Larry, there's no Grand Canyon. And I said, uh, well, count me out. So I left and I made my own film, Grand Canyon. Perhaps you've seen it. I have seen Grand Canyon. Great film. Steve Martin pisses his pants. He does. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, it's been great talking with you boys. Mr. I'm going to have to go. Thank you so much for having me here to talk about my films, including Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, uh, and of course, Return of the Jedi, and of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And you know, I, one last thing. I think that Marion Ravenwood should have been a child. <laughs> it would it would have been better. Oh, you knew what you were doing. I knew exactly. You're very. He knows my oh, words. Oh no, he knows my words. I was a child, and you knew it was wrong. Yes, I was literally a child, and you knew it was That's wrong. That's what I was saying the whole time. Nobody would listen. I said, George, Steve, look, listen. Anyway, I went on and I made my own films after that. Wyatt Earp. <laughs> it's the better of the two it's movies every- about Wyatt Earp that came out that year. There's yeah. Tombstone. Well, let's Fake. put it this way: they, it was the, definitely the two greatest performances of Doc Holliday. Thank you, Harry. Th- thank you, Chris. And I appreciate yeah. everything that yeah. you've said tonight. Dennis um, Quaid was yeah something else. He's a me. wonderful human being. Best cocaine I've ever had. Deviated by septum permanently. That being said, it's time for me. I gotta take a fat dump. Oh, so, Larry. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I'll be on my way. Great oh. pleasure talking with you, boys, and uh, uh, may the force be with you. My and, words, and also with you. Uh-huh. What an amen, honor! Amen. Yeah, amen. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gremlins, Jack. Thank you for bringing Gremlins, Gremlins to the table. And the Kremlin, it is a, for it is a great movie. It. it is a wonderful film that we all love immensely. Um, but there are three movies to choose from, and we need to hear our third film. And Chris, I believe that honor will now be bestowed. Upon thee. Yes, and movie number three for this evening, for this cinematic death match of the holiday season. I bring the film 3615, Dial Code Santa Claus, or Dial Code Paranoel, or it's also known as Deadly Games. Merry, Merry Christmas. Don't change kids, stay with us Stay a little Jesus Hold on to my hand There'll be This is the movie that a Home Alone ripped off. (laughs) 
Yes, this film was actually made in 1989. It says 1990 here, but actually we didn't get this movie here in the U.S. until, I mean, like two years ago, two two or three years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the movie had been sitting around for, you know. 20 or 30 years actually before it really got released here but yeah this movie was released in 89 it's a French film directed by René Manzor written by René Manzor starring Brigitte Fosse Louis Decroix Patrick Florsheim and Alain La 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 la. Alain 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 Actually, Jack, this is Jack Lalane's cousin. You know, oh, get out of here! Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Actually, uh, Alan Lalane, I believe, is credited as something different in the movie, but he's the yeah. little boy. Yeah. He's also the director's son. Yes. Oh. And dude, he has the most rockin' fucking nineteen eighty nine mullet that I've ever seen. And and really, you know, let's just go ahead and start with the Dead City tallies right now. That what? mullet. Mullet. Mullet, number one. That mullet (laughs) is definitely the number one. It is very strong. The mullet game is, I mean, and of course, it's 1989, so you've got a true vintage 1989 mullet on this kid. Um, Now, Chris, I don't know that a whole lot of people know of this movie. Yes, people don't know of this movie. So anyway, uh, the IMDb synopsis for this film says, On Christmas Eve, a resourceful young boy has to defend himself and his grandfather from a killer dressed as Santa Claus. You know, this is one of those instances, too, that IMDb just nails it on this description. It's pretty good. That's, pretty solid. It's pretty, concise, pretty good. Unlike you know, ours. It tells you what's well, going on. Can read yours. But not too many spoilers. There. That's right. Um, we're going to spoil it all for yeah, you right we're now. Gonna, we're going we're to have a great time with this one because I honestly did not see this movie until you suggested it to me about two years ago. So that's the first time that I saw it. And immediately I was like, holy shit, this movie is fucking amazing. Now, granted, like, you know, it's on Shudder right now. So yes. if you're interested, yeah, definitely go check it out on Shudder if you have Shudder. Um, the, the picture is this just freaky, like, backlit thing of... Uh, this Santa Claus looking figure in a hood and everything just with you know this kind of frosty beard and frosty eyes and just you know, these kind of cold blue eyes in there like I was like oh this is it kind of creates a, it makes me kind of tingling uh, when I when I look at that picture but um, that's a made up song just like in Silent Night Deadly Night no seriously that's I, a she, real song well, here's the thing when I was trying to pitch it when I was, I, when I was finishing writing this script actually the, you know finishing typing it up and like that the song came on and I'm like oh what? this is perfectly fitting that's crazy especially the fact that you were writing something that was our real life yes absolutely that actually happened to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, you know, we kind of step in and out of the land of make-believe. So, you know, it's like, just imagine in your mind that we have a little Christmas-like, you know, uh, trolley car that goes... Yeah, it's a bizarre world. Just like Silent Night, Deadly Night. So, Jack, you're going to get raped. (laughs) In winter, it's a marshmallow world where we fuck Jack in the ass. (laughs) Um but back to this movie, man, I don't even know how, where to start. I mean, do you want to give me Ooh. like a little bit more of a synopsis on this or what, what do we want to how do we want to approach this? Well, you know, let's talk about the obvious. Let's talk about the fact that, well, one, this movie was not released f- for decades. Well, here in the United States, it was not released for decades, but it was buried pretty quickly in France. Yeah. If I recall. Um, well, I think, too, because, you know, the French have some issues with violence and everything, too. Or at you, least it was sur- kind of surprisingly. Yeah. Which I mean, is I don't know. I do want to talk about how French cinema and violence. I, I, I want to talk, but I want to wait until we get a little deeper in because I have some <laughs> thoughts. But, you know, the director claimed it's still kind of a mystery, right? Like why the movie was buried. But the director claims he he that. Chris Columbus at all stole 
his story for Home Alone. Wow. Stole it straight up. And that and he So that's probably why we didn't see it over here for 30 years. And he sued and he attempted to block the movie the best that he could. And I'm Chris Columbus is like, we can't let anybody know that this other movie exists. I otherwise, wonder. Yeah, it's 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 definitely ripe for speculation and everything. But I mean, just to give kind of like a, a basic kind of breakdown here, there's this very precocious little boy who is, I think, you precocious. Know, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the kid's a computer programmer, actually. It sure you know, is. Because, like, he, there's this mansion that this kid lives in. He has, like, hidden passageways throughout this house, giant toy rooms. Well, his and mother is, there. A, is the president manager, a, as they say, yeah. but the president of a toy company. Or a department, a department store, that, store like, that has multiple them, yeah. stores. Yeah. So he's a very privileged child. Yeah. Uh, but also it's kind of alluded to that, you know, he's partly responsible for the family doing very, very well as as well. You know, also, mom yes. did well. Dad, who we're assuming is dead at this point. They don't really kind of go into We do details. find some dog tags at the end yeah. of the film. Um, oh, interesting. But French you know, Revolution. They say that uh, <laughs> the... The father and son have a lot in common and everything. Yeah. Uh, and but the, the son does kid, not like to hear that. Yeah. The kid mm-hmm. takes after his dad and everything. The grandfather lives with them in this big, ornate mansion and everything. Uh, but yeah, the kid's partly responsible for them being rich because he writes these computer games. And apparently, I guess they sell very, very well. Um, and he's at that age where I guess he's kind of toying with the notion of is Santa real or is Santa not real? Hmm. And a lot of his classmates and friends and stuff are saying, well, Santa's fake and everything. And he's not quite ready to kind of let go of, right. of the dream and the mystery. And, of course, this night, Christmas Eve, uh, it's kind of gut-wrenching when you get to the end. Like, you know, the beginning of the movie is very, very amusing and everything. And then yeah. up to a certain point, there's a twist in this movie where it kind of takes on a very, very dark turn. I, okay, let's just talk about that real quick yeah. since we're there. I So the comparison between this and Home Alone is extremely astute. It's it's essentially the same exact story. It is a, a precocious child who is home alone uh, on Christmas uh, when a... Uh, threat? A threat. A threat. Yeah. A, break, a home invasion occurs in which this kid must now defend defend turf, the home yeah. turf uh, using With, his ingenuity and traps. traps. His and, ingenuity. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and makeshift, makeshift Young traps. Young boys are ingenue. <laughs> now, the, there's a huge thing. So, I don't, re, real quickly, where do you guys stand on Home Alone? Um... I, you know, I I watched it in the theater. I think what, no, Home no, Alone, no, like how do you feel about Home Alone? It's like, a holiday classic, yeah. man. I love the movie. I, I do. Dig it. I love okay, Home Alone. Do you yeah. love it? I dig it. Yeah, I, okay. I dig it. So I have a hard time with the movie in a few ways. Like mm. I, it, it just depends. Like when I'm in a cynical mode, I literally watch this movie and I'm like, this fucking movie is so irresponsible. It, there's something about it. Now, that, why do you say irresponsible? Well, look, I don't necessarily feel that it is a filmmaker's job to handle violence responsibly. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you. It's your job to do that as a filmmaker. I feel like freedom of speech. You're, you're creating your art. You can do whatever you want to do. If you want your violence to be brutal and horrific, then so be it. With with no consequences or consequences, so be it. If you want it to be slapstick, drop an iron on somebody's goddamn face, yeah. and they go, oh, It's a fucking whoa. Tex Avery cartoon. Then yeah. so be it. However, I can't help but watch family <laughs> members or people watch a movie like Home Alone and just <clears throat> absolutely revere it and say, this is a Christmas, this is the best Christmas movie of all time, and then kind of go, 
what are you watching this horror shit for? It's disturbing. Uh, and I'm kind of like, well, you know, Home Alone is really disturbing too. Yeah. Now, but the, <clears throat> the biggest difference is the sensibilities, right? So, like, uh, the American version of well, Alone. And tone as well. I mean, tone, yeah, I think tone is probably ac- right. Yeah, I think you're right. But Home Alone is a Tex Avery cartoon, like you said, whereas this film is very French. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I don't know that I'm spoiling anything by saying at the end of the movie, at the end of Home Alone, the kid's like, yeah, everything's great. I did it. At the uh, end of this movie, the kid the is kid fucking saying, broke. The kid's broke. saying, yeah. this is all <clears throat> my fault. And all, well, I don't want to spoil it. It's very French. Yeah. yeah. It's very French. It's like, it's, it, it's, has these moments of like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is going to be badass. And you love when he sets these traps up to get back at this yeah. guy and he's doing... But like, we can't forget the fact that a dog gets murdered. Right. And, and he, that like, a boy well, gets murdered. much in this to... too. Yeah, no, no, I mean, this this movie is not a, a, a laugh out loud good time. No, I mean, it's like a I said, horror film. There's a, it's a, a major twist here. And you know, part of the thing that, that makes this movie so incredibly haunting too is the performance by the guy that plays Père Noël or as the French call him Santa Claus. That dude mm. is fucking incredible. Yeah. From yeah. the very beginning, yeah. when, when he's Patrick trying Florsheim, to... when he's trying to kind of get into the snowball fight with the kids, and, yeah, everything. and the kids are and like, there's like, away. there's something like sweet and everything about it. Like he looks kind of innocent and sweet, you know. He's got this, you know, curly hair and these big blue eyes and everything, and he's smiling, watching the kids play. And then all of a sudden, he gets kind of shunned. Yeah, it's amazing to see where Danny Masterson has ended up. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> ooh, rough. Oh, rough. Eh, fuck <clears> him. <throat> Yeah, <laughs> he's Actually, a, this guy's got more talent. But he, 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 yeah. he, he would uh, he would work well in the silent. Night, yeah, although I bet this this Santa is also a DJ. Yeah, but I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> there, but there's I mean there's there's this you know sentimentality to the character right off the beginning and everything, and then so uh, later he's on got those blue eyes. Well, yeah, of course, crazy blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, but, right. But there's just something very haunting in this this guy's eyes, and you kind of feel sorry for him in the very beginning, and then you begin to realize that he, there's something quite off about him. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of go to the, uh, the the boy and his best friend who's trying to convince him that Santa's not real using message boards. Well, yeah, the, by min- the way, <laughs> yeah, rent an internet, Minitel, yeah. you know, yeah. which was could have told you, buddy, <laughs> you're not talking to <laughs> Santa. An you're online, talking to a fucking pervert. <laughs> an online message get board. out of the chat room. <laughs> Oh. You're talking to one of the Dead City Drive-In listeners. Buddy. Oh, no. <laughs> Someone's at home like, yeah, they got, they got me pegged. That was me. Hey. Danny Masterson. But anyway, oh, this, no. this, this guy is able to kind of suss out, you know, hey, uh, who are you? You know, like asking flat out, where do you live? Well, you're Santa Claus. Aren't you supposed to know? I mean, the kid being a very, very smart kid, he's constantly trying to kind of like find evidence. You know, yeah. that's the thing. He needs yeah. evidence, you know, to rationalize that Santa is indeed real. Well, if you're Santa Claus, you should already know where I live. Right. You know, he should know that. So, you know, he's got his doubts that are kind of seated there and everything. But it's funny. Every time that this kid starts to kind of uh, or gets confronted with evidence to, to kind of prove the you know, whether Santa is real or not, he winds up getting his proof, which kind of reaffirms the idea that, yes, indeed, Santa is real, but Santa's not who you think it is. Yeah, that's that's the thing that it, I, spoiler, I'll, I'll try not to spoil too much, but I, towards the end, I was like, oh, he still thinks that this is Santa Claus. Yes. He 100% still thinks this is Santa Claus, which is, he, he has no reason to doubt it. Exactly. Which is like, yeah. oh, 
Oh, no. I don't know. Well, By the way, his I... mother even to the point goes and tells him of the telephone. Why are you still awake? You know, if are you sitting up waiting to kind of catch Santa Claus? You know, that's not a good idea because if Santa catches you trying to catch him, he turns into an ogre, ogre. and hurts you. Like, oh, and she flat no. out tells him that. And then what happens during the course of the film? Well, he, Santa Claus catches him. And he turns green. And he, <laughs> no, he does. Oh, yeah, with the mud on there. He's covered in well, green yeah, muck at the end of the true. movie. Yeah, that's true. I'm colorblind, so I couldn't see it. He's a, like, a oh. muck-encrusted monster yeah. I thought it was poop for a moment, but I was like, oh, it's mud. It's mud. <laughs> it's a home alone with consequences, but honestly... <laughs> and murder. And murder. Yeah. Lots of murder. But there's a subtlety to it that Home Alone does not have, obviously. And, um, and there's a wonderful nuance uh, that's in it as well. And like you said, haunting is a great word because... I know that the first and and the second time that I saw this film, I, I rewatched it for this show, this mm-hmm. episode, and um, and then I saw it, of course, a couple of years ago. I, I think I really did go into it because I was sold on the that Home Alone vibe, and people were like, "It's more like fucking, you know, aggressive Home Alone." I'm like, "Cool, cool." I but Chris, you use the word haunting, yeah, and I I think that that's really accurate because. Again, I don't, we don't want to spoil too much for people because this is a movie that you should yeah, seek out. Definitely. Um, but like it, there there are these awful consequences, <laughs> and this kid will never be the same. And like, whereas Macaulay Culkin grows up and who you know who gives a shit? Like, what, Kevin McAllister's fine. This kid can't take his eyes away from something at the end of the movie, you yeah. know, and it's. Pr- it's it's pretty rough, but haunting also in similar to Gremlins, the Christmas artifice, because the movie that mansion that you mentioned um, is a set. Yeah, and what, th- by the way, there's an incredible shot in the film where the kid is on the balcony of the roof, and it's a mansion. Mm-hmm. This house, it's like Batman's mansion. It's huge in the middle of the snowy French countryside, and he's on the on like the outside of this mansion scaling kind of the walls trying not to slip and fall and, and he goes and hides in one of the gables of the house he's, yeah he's barefoot yeah he's barefoot. Yeah. just to just to throw a little in a tank top he's yeah, shivering he's freezing trying to tell his grandpa i've everywhere. got it under control yeah. after crying out whereas kevin McAllister, every time he drops a fucking you know tarantula oh, yeah. goes, on somebody he goes yes this kid goes mom yeah he cries out for his mom genuinely beautiful yeah yeah, but yeah that moment i wrote that down the, the, with a uh the, he's got him outside thomas is on the roof and he says barefoot in the you're cold. gonna fall Careful, you're going to fall. But there's a moment. So the camera does this. Beaut- it's incredible. And I didn't notice. I yeah, noticed this last night. And I was like, whoa. Movie. It does this Argento, like, Tenebrae-esque shot where it backs. It pulls out Crane from this full-scale window um, that the kid's, ha- like, basically hanging off of. Full-scale set. Pulls back and then starts to crane around the house. And it does this, like, track around. Goes up. The the model that they built of the house, it's ingenious, just shifts scale via perspective. Like, they built one side of the house full scale, then the back half of the house is, like, probably, what, quarter scale, third scale? Wow. And it, because by the time you get to the end of that shot, it's supposed to be, like, the house from way up high, really far away. It, mm. Masterful. It's, like, one of those things where I was like, so, 
I just appreciated the craftsmanship that went into the making yeah, of this film. It's a beautiful movie to look at. Yeah. I mean, the lighting alone in this movie is But that just, artifice is yeah. there. There's like this beauty. It, feel, it, there's, it feels like it's on a soundstage. Kind of like Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive. Yeah. Or um, um, but the Gremlins. Attention, yeah. But the attention to detail and also, I mean, just that's another thing with like European filmmaking, too, is that, you know, they do a lot of low shots. They use a lot of Dutch angles and everything with the camera. Wide angle lenses. So and the camera moves a lot. Yeah. It's, it feels very modern. Yeah. It never feels dated. It actually has uh, it has an Italian vibe. Like, uh, it kind of reminded me of, like, demons in a way. Yeah, uh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's got, it's, there's this, the difference is, ugh, I, I don't mean to sound awful when I say this, but, like, there's a little bit more of a, like, French versus Italian cinema. I feel like the French are kind of, like, um, better storytellers, and the Italians better stylists. are better stylists. Yeah. And, and so this has a little bit of that stylized Italian crazy wacky shit with the wide lenses and the crazy camera movements but you've got great character development you've got great stakes you've got right by the time demons is over you're like who gives a shit (laughs) you know but by the time (laughs) this movie is over you're like god damn jesus i it's it's almost like it's not as strong as like american werewolf in london gut punch but the movie ends and you're just like god Merry Christmas. Do they not have weed in France? Uh, Come on, guys. Everybody chill out. No, we all have our cafe and our Galois cigarettes. (laughs) Life is pain. Christmas is death. (laughs) Come on, guys. I just wanted to see the guy get hit in the nuts with a paint can. This this is making me feel things. You will see a man get shot in the neck with arrows. Lit on uh, fire. Yeah, oh exactly. My God. There's, there's trapped in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't burning. sure what that was. I don't know. Is, is it a sauna? sauna? It was a sauna. Yeah, it's next oh to the. Oh my God. I mean, the kid's is. clever, man. He gets him in there and everything, and like the look as he's looking through the window. I got you, fucker. Yeah. And I will say the the Santa performance. Um, Patrick Floshine. He's inc- <laughs> the scene where he. It's like an unbroken minute-long take of him spraying his hair with, oh, with the, the fucking yes. snow, with the spray. snow spray. He yeah. looks so happy about it. He's like, yeah. And you're like, there's something wrong with this dude, but he's still not... And he's already killed, but he's still... He's killed like three people but, by that But point. he's still kind of playful. Yeah. The shift occurs when they the go into the garage. Oh, I guess... No, I guess the dog, the dog is, is what does by it. the way... For anybody listening who Ooh. has an aversion to violence to animals, I totally forgot. This movie goes there. Yeah. yeah I just totally I think does. that's important to know because there are a lot that can hinder the enjoyment of movies for a lot of people. And this one. So dead dog alert. No, and, yeah. and it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. It's <laughs> not easy. It's, well, and here's the thing. It's like that it, happens and then a whole bunch of other action happens. And then the kid has to go back and deal with the fact that his yeah. dog's been killed. So it's yeah. like it's not like it, it happens and then we just move on from there. Well, his no, performance they sells it too. return yeah, to it's it, great. man. The kid, the he, kid he grabs his face and his eyes and he, he uh, <laughs> also with the with the dog dying that moment is uh is right after oh my gosh santa's coming down the chimney this is great this dreamlike thing with this beautiful like above like heavenly uh, lighting as he comes through the chimney and then he just fucking stay and he, he's laughing because the, the dog's pie service him. too man yeah. he doesn't kill him with a knife he you know it's, yeah, it's like it's, a fucking pie service so rough. there's just a certain brutality <laughs> yeah. and of course the kid who's hiding underneath the table he's laughing because he's like yeah get him get santa that's kind of funny and then all of a sudden <laughs> 
and and that's that's when the tone Oof. kind of shifts. Shit. That's but it, then right Santa there. to me, his the scene where they're in the garage where they're trying and, to get away and they can't get the car to start and the garage door opens and he's standing there and he opens Santa opens his arms up <sighs> as he walks toward him. I was like, oh, this is scary. Yeah. And then he smashes his face on the wind, his own wind, face windshield. in the windshield to try to get in. Ooh. That to me, I was like, that shifted again for me. Where I was like, this guy's performance is incredible. Yeah. That guy is fucking terrifying. And he gets increasing. It's fun <laughs> to watch him get fucked up as the movie goes on. Yeah. You know, I can see why those comparisons to Home Alone are there. Yeah. It's just, there's no <clears throat> real pleasure in it like there is in home alone or like hell yeah it's well, more like, like what they, they they slash the kid's legs the kid's actually having to like make a makeshift oh, set of crutches, crutches and stuff set up. in order to kind of move around the house the yes. kid's obsessed with rambo so of course you know he's got this you know <laughs> he's already got kind of traps preset yeah I'll tell you, it's a lot of coincidences kind of set up at the beginning to lead to the payoff um you know just so happens the kid's a genius a technology genius and he already has traps in the house and whatnot but like it's still really effective it's like it it pays off far better but it's not necessarily a feel-good christmas no it's not (laughs) but i'm gonna tell you something it's a movie that i will watch every year now to temper the rest of my christmas viewing i mean here's the the thing i mean it's like a lot yeah definitely i mean you know this movie just bleeds christmas all over Mm -hmm. the place yeah and as opposed to a lot of other christmas horror movies that are out there and everything you know this one you know, will leave you pondering afterwards. You know, Absolutely, it, it, it will definitely. You know, even in comparison to the other movies that you know we're we're looking at, you know, this evening, which I I'm not knocking them by any way, shape, or form. This just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, I think this movie probably approaches the the horror and the terror on a much more evolved and mature level than any of the other films but do. It's very very <laughs> yeah. stylish. Yeah, it moves at an, an incredible clip. It's still not a, if, like like viscerally awful like something another christmas french movie like inside oh you know or i don't think i know that one. Oh, you've never seen inside no. it's about a woman She's who pregnant. is pregnant like yeah. any day it's going to come out any day and then a woman another woman shows up and decides on christmas eve and decides i want you a baby. i want what's inside you oh jesus yeah it's it's uh, a siege film and it's it's a laugh a minute. Yeah, it's oh. a real laugh fest, real laugh riot. Um, but uh, you know, a French new way, new extremism. You know, and it's it's that era of you know martyrs and Calvert and mm, like okay. all those movies. It's frontiers. It's like that. Oof. But um, uh, you know, it's not that horrific. You know, uh, your you, this movie. Can we talk about the title real quick? Yeah, sure. I really think I think that's another problem with the movie. Deadly Games is a terrible title. Yeah. Um. Dial code Santa Claus is a terrible title, even though that's what three six one five Père Noël, which I think contextually it's a cultural problem because this is something that they have in France. Right. There's actually you know this message board that kids were able to call Santa like in it's the like Doctor Spitzo or Spitzo or whatever that was, where you could type in to the robot on your computer, wow. type in, and he would say, "I am Doctor Spitzo. How can I help you?" And you would talk and say, um, "I need a friend. I'm glad you need a friend. I am your friend." What would you like me to do as your friend? And he would say, uh, can you suck my dick? <laughs> and he would say, that, I, that is not a nice thing to say. 
That it's oh. like this. Basically, yeah. what this is. Um, you guys never did. You never had Doctor Space. No, I have no idea what the I, fuck you're talking I, about. You're a sick I'm, son of a bitch. Uh, well, hey, it was great. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and yeah. check it out. You can still get it. You can download it. What? Yeah, yeah. he'll suck your dick. Doctor Space. He so. will suck. You have to well, convince him. It all takes a while. this time you're thinking they're learning how to make a computer that can suck your dick, <laughs> and it's been there the entire time. <laughs> I gotta go, guys. Trump. I think the movie should be called Home Alone. <laughs> Just go full out. Like, I wish the movie was called Home Alone. It's Home Alone, fuck you. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, I, it's got an unfortunate title. It's one of those movies that, like, it needs... But even Home Alone is not a Christmas title, mm. you know? And... and I don't know. I, I just... Yes, but it does have that wonderful John Williams score. It's true. <laughs> Somewhere in my memory. Perfect. <clears throat> Dr. State so sucked on my dick. <laughs> does not compute. <laughs> <sighs> you know, and here's the other thing, too, that Home Alone does have that this movie that I'm presenting this evening does not have. Full penetration. <laughs> I was Sorry. gonna, I was gonna say Robert's <laughs> Blossom, but you know that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Jack wait, decided to go there. Robert's is that the the old man? Yeah, the old man. <gasps> also in Christine He's and Deranged. Guy. Oh my goodness, you guys know everything. You not seen Deranged? I haven't seen Deranged. And Blossom, he was the star of Blossom. Wait, he was no. Mayim Bialik? Yeah, <laughs> yes, and you know was. he's got a PhD. Oh my! In case you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and in my opinion, nation. <laughs> you can also, by the way, you can order uh, Robert's Blossom if you go to uh, Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> it is awesome. It's, it's, they call it the Awesome Blossom. Yeah. Hey, there you go. It's really creamy, Robert. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not come. I didn't. I, I didn't think it was, Rob. I just want to clear it up. It's not come. But now that you say that, I'm wondering if it is. You don't have to worry about it. But it is a remoulade, which brings us back to France. Oh, and okay, here we go. Full circle. First circle. <laughs> Full what circle you, jerk. Oh, wait, I love the uh, the grandpa in this. He's so great. He's yeah, so, we barely yeah. talked about grandpa. I know. Yeah. I know. I, well, grandpa saves the fucking day. Grandpa, who cannot see oh, at all. Oh, poor guy. Who is fucking diabetic and has like a he's, fucking insulin. At, you know, he's, he's been in a suit of armor for an hour. He's stuck in a suit of armor trying insulin. to hide. That's true. And what does Grandpa do? He saves the day. Aim high. After this guy, because like, I mean, think, think about this. This 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 killer Santa, he kills like he slaps a child at the very beginning of the movie, which is you know. You know I don't I, like brother. your face. That was a real. Yeah, that was a really. There are just that's some, a great moment. Oh my yeah. gosh! Because you know he has a chance, and this kid looks at him, and he sees. By the way, I want to compare that scene to the scene in Silent Night, Deadly Night, oh, where yeah. there's both movies have a scene <gasps> yes! where a kid sits on Santa's lap. Now, in yours, Chris, oh. it's subtle and nuanced and frightening. Yeah. In Silent Night, Deadly Night, the kid's sitting on the lap and he's squirming. Like, Stop it! Stop. Why are you, you know what you're doing? You're making money. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Stop it! It's like it's fucking. It's so like. And then the mom's like, "He's so good with kids. You know, he's, he's so great good with, with kids." kids. <laughs> Are you watching? When the girl jumps off your lap, she runs to you and goes, "Mommy." I'm being naughty. Whereas, <laughs> you know what you're doing. <laughs> that whisper. I was like, "Oh Jesus, this is scary." Whereas the the brilliance of of Dial Santa Claus is. 
that slap he slaps that he kid's slaps face, the which of course you know the kids you know our hero's mom who is the president of of the department store sees it immediately and it's like you're fired you're on the fired. spot yep. but i love her with and the way that by the way that kid actually looks like it is it a boy or a girl? I don't know. It's remember. a girl. She yeah. looks like she got slapped for real. It does look and like she got the, hit. The rest of the scene, she's like in this state of like, uh, uh, and the way the mom talks to her and is like, we'll wait here together for your mom. And we're going to get yeah. you something. Yeah. And we're yeah. Gonna get, but like the kid, and I'm like, yeah, that's the that's a French film. They actually slap that kid in the face. Yeah. Slap, 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 slap the kid. Like, oh, my goodness. We needed to be more real. So we <laughs> so just decided to I, slap the kid in the face. Uh, so so uh, uh, Thomas has a functional trap door in his house. Which, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Awesome. He drops his dog in there. They're, play, they're playing. They're playing war. Uh, that dog was shaking really hard. The tail was tucked between was, its legs. And oh, you knew when they showed the shot of it? They're like, and get yeah. the dog out of the Get the dog thing. out of the net. I was like, oh, that, that dog. Oh, scared right now. <laughs> oh, poor dog. I know. He's, <sighs> yeah. For many, many hours, that took 27 takes with the dog. Interrupt the because dog. The Not dog was the same I, I talked to the dog. I gave him direction. I said, you really need to feel the fear <gasps> in this moment. And oh. also, I like it to torture dogs. I love it. I don't uh, know why I'm Italian. Uh, man, it but, is me. Uh, I'm over here. Man. Oh, there oh, you are. Oh, hey. Are we in the same brain? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, what's happening? Oh, now I'm water. Apparently. Oh, like it. How oh, many fire you supply the pod? <laughs> I supply the boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've gone off the rails. It's fun. Also, there's the scene right before Was that the Watto. Yeah, Watto's coming up. Andy, why would you put that there? Uh, you supplied the body. Nice. It's, he's taking a shit right now. Uh, racing. Hold on. Um, this, there's the scene. Uh, Never when, before when, has there been a moment of Watto taking. A shit. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Also, they might kick that dog pretty hard too before oh, they murder but, it. By I the was way, like, okay. Uh, oh, that, so, yeah, the dog vi- look, guys, the, the dog great, violence great sucks. Great I, I, I was like, I how are they are they kicking it? Yeah. It, it looked kind of like a stage kick. Like and it again, wasn't driving full I force. I want to like, say that they sped up in. the footage, or not sped it up, but they uh, shot it, but like the dog's not moving at a weird rate. So yeah. I don't know. Of course you it's really easy to fake a hit yeah. in film. You just put that sound effect in, and it, you, that's all you need. Yeah. You, your brain connects the dot. But, like, I forgot. I, I did forget. We had 18 dogs that we, paint, we painted <laughs> oh, to look exactly oh, the same. No. We made the movie like we make uh, Milo and Otis. Hey, but we you, just I'm killed I'm all I'm of the animals. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> At the end of it, we still had three dogs left. So three dogs still survived. It's fine. But uh, the 15 other dogs, uh, they are now cat food. And the three dogs that survived, I don't know where I'm from now. Oh. I guess somewhere in the Middle East. <laughs> My accent. We no, ate no. those three dogs for Christmas dinner. <laughs> no. It was a feast. <laughs> if you're just joining us, this is The Accent Show. <laughs> Where we do different accents and characters terribly and characters. just interrupt the flow. Oh. Because racism is funny. <laughs> Fantastic. 
Uh, Chris, why don't, do you, what, what do you got for some Dead City tallies for us? What else? What's in this? Right, well, uh, once again, we're going to start off again. We've got one amazing mullet. Yeah. We've got Rambo fanboy. We've got a kid in a mansion that has trap doors. Oh, wait, wait. I'm so rooms. sorry. He has a fucking actual, like, fuselage from, like, a fighter aircraft oh, yeah, from World War, in a World War II. Plane. Can we... Yeah. D- one... We, this movie also has really bizarro music. Oh, Bonnie yeah. Tyler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What Bonnie is that song? Merry, Merry Christmas. And then I don't know the next line. You be a man today. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You'll not be a boy anymore on Christmas after your dog is stabbed. Well, at least it has some sort of bearing on the rest of the movie. But it's true. It's other true. Words. It's so. But I was like, oh, Bonnie, it's so like that huh? is Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. Like, yeah, cool. I need to hear. Her. And then Midnight Special uh, comes Get on randomly. In the I was like, special. I was like, oh, you want to see something really scary? Yeah, someone's a Landis fan. Yeah, and then, um, but. Uh, Oh wait! There, oh, what about the song at the beginning that's like Survivor but not? Yeah. Yes, Iron Tiger. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I did that same thing. I was like, the chord, just one chord change. <laughs> just doing a step up. Yeah. Um, so again, really weird music yeah. in all of these movies. Like unique, interesting takes on uh, music. I actually thought you said Bonnie Tyler. I thought is it who's Bonnie Tyler? What's Bonnie her? Tyler, uh, she did. Uh, I need a hero. Uh, got it. I thought it was uh, what's her name? You know, Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> Bonnie Bedelia. Uh, I thought um, it was Bonnie. Um, no, that's Macaulay Culkin's aunt. Really? What? Yes, Bonnie, Bonnie Bedelia. Her name is Bonnie Bedelia Culkin. Oh my gosh! Wow. So once again, we've come full circle. John wow. McClane's wife. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thought it Christmas was, movie. Oh my god! I thought it was Pee Wee's girlfriend. Oh my gosh! It sounds like uh, Dottie uh, Elizabeth E. G. Daly. Oh yeah, Elizabeth She's Daly. Wonderful. I thought maybe it was her. Like when I heard it, even That's last night, amazing. I was like, "Is that E. G. Daly?" I'm better off dead than to be without you. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, it's I guess it's Bonnie Raitt. Okay, didn't she do? Uh, oh, uh, Tyler. Bonnie no, Tyler. Bonnie Raitt did. Oh, and- <laughs> she did. Uh, <laughs> do I gotta get a water from the moon? Is that what Let's I got give them something to talk about. How about Christmas yeah. movies? You guys, Where have all the cowboys gone? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. That's, Isn't no. that who's the... No. Who's that? That's Bonnie Tyler. No. Oh, man. Paula Cole. Paula Cole. Paula Cole. Cole in your stocking. Cole in your stocking. Goodness Christmas stocking. It's all coming yeah. back. It's all, all right, coming Chris, back sorry. Back to your tendencies. What the fuck was I talking what, about? Uh, you said a mullet. The kid had a mullet. What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> You're talking about how uh, Christmas movies are metaphorical. Talking about for how big some motherfuckers always <laughs> right. trying to ice skate uphill. That's right. <laughs> Got it in there. All right, cool. So, crazy mullet. Crazy mullet. Uh, giant mansion with fucking trap doors and hidden passageways. You know, trap doors that are also like in refrigerators and everything that the kid can use to kind of move throughout the house. Um, Let's see. We've got dog murder. <laughs> we've got delivery guy murder. We've got housekeeper murder. We've got butler murder. We've got police murder. Um, we've got crazy Santa with wacky eyes. Um, we've got lots of toy guns. We have uh, Genie's Child Engineering with uh, security cameras and everything that he's all rigged together. Um we have adventure. We have scares. 
<laughs> we, we have... Uh, uh, do, they play D and D. That's nice. They do. They do. Yes, they do. I yeah, did make actually, a note. Yeah, he says it's taken his grandfather two years to level up to level two. I was like, you gotta, you gotta give him more XP. Yeah. That just that just got that, me. I mean, that's on your that's on you, kid. Yeah. He's like, hey, like come on, just you, you bump it up. You're being cruel. I did actually. I was like, oh, they're playing together. That was really nice. That I like those figurines. Yeah, that's cool. you know, I will say Damn. just a little thing. There's a, a whole lot of love with the family. I I, um, I love the mom and the son give a, a handshake um, at the I beginning of the movie that. at the table. She's yeah. like, "Well, I got to go to work," and she get they give a handshake, and, in, and it's like a like a hand here, this that, boom, a little bop, secret, boom. a little secret. secret but handshake. then they hold, and the little boy kisses her hand, adorable. one little on the hand, and I was like, "Oh my, yeah, God. adorable." It's Those, adorable, and he does that with the grandfather too. He gives him a hug when they're playing D and D. Hugs him, kisses him on the forehead. Like, loves his. Oh, he's man. constantly kissing his grandfather, though. You know, back when it wasn't you know bad to. <laughs> They're friends. Kiss people. Nothing gross. It's it's a very. Whole, I'm like, not making it gross. gross. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? He think? didn't kiss him. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you've got some you know wonderful tropes in here. The car won't start. You know mm. that that uh, is a, a staple, but it works, works effectively in here, just like in Gremlins. Yes, yes, because the car doesn't start in Gremlins. Yeah, because. This fucking foreign goddamn part. Oh my God. cars never, never, never work. It's Chekhov's Volkswagen. <gasps> Holy shit, Billy you guys! Pe- we're gonna have a tough time. Yeah, this oh, is there's gonna parallels be to all of these. I movies. also noticed uh, just something I wrote down. Billy, uh, Billy from Silent Night, and Thomas. I think poor Thomas. Well, I mean, not to spoil too much. Thomas at the end of this movie might be going down the same road as Billy because traumatic experiences with Santa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just like oh. <clears throat> You guys, we've really made some yeah. beautiful connections. But I mean, here. I think you turned into kind Billy of what from I Gremlins. kind of touched on before, <gasps> though. Oh, Billy and Billy, Billy oh. and Billy. Wow! All oh. of these movies have people named Billy. <gasps> uh, oh no, yours, Thomas. Thomas, Thomas. Yeah. but there... he's Billy. He becomes Billy. <laughs> really? It's all I Billy's. didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I think you know, thematically, like the biggest thing, like takeaway in this movie is that you know this kid. Everything that he experienced, I had said earlier, he's, you know, a smart kid. He's looking for evidence of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And every step of the way, there are things there that prove to him that Santa Claus is real. But Santa is bad. Oh. Is a bad, bad dude. And, of course, when we get to the end of the movie where he says, it's all my fault. Yeah, Because dude. right away, you know, when he was on the Minitel trying to, you know, kind of chat online with Santa and that little bit of doubt that he put in there. And sure enough, Santa shows up. Santa does know where I live. You know, Santa's done all the things that we've expected Santa to do. But mom also warned me that, you know, if I do these things, Santa's going to turn into an ogre and get me. And sure enough, I did it. He did. He didn't follow the warnings. Just like, Oh my gosh. Gremlins. (gasps) You guys, it's all about, it's all about, he was naughty. Well, he got punished, all right. Santa oh. definitely did him in. So let's put it this way. If we put Billy up against Père Noël in this one, who do you think would win? You mean Billy from Billy Gremlins? Peltzer or Billy no. Silent Night Deadly? Oh. Silent Night Deadly. A, a Santa oh. off. Punish? Who would be oh, punish the ultimate versus... Santa Dang. in this fight? You know, who is the more sinister Santa? I, That's a I great think, question. Uh, I th- I think your boy is. Yeah, because think... he gets shot and makes it, whereas Billy just pusses out. He gets <laughs> shot and he's done. And, and, and he's like, Santa Claus is gone. He's gone now. You're he's safe. gone now. You're safe. Sp- sorry, guys. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing in this movie, too, is that like they play cat and mouse. You know, I mean, this whole yeah. movie is a cat yeah. and mouse thing. And all of a sudden, when, when Père Noël finally catches Thomas, 
he says, I caught you. Now it's your turn to be it. Yeah. Yeah. He's still dude. playing a game. Yeah. He's a playing deadly a game. deadly game. Oh, oh, never mind. This is res- my argument. Deadly uh, game is it's a, a great title. title. <laughs> this is all making sense now. They just needed like them to say it in the movie. Like these sure are some deadly games we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad I'm home Actually, alone. They did. Oh. No. oh. <laughs> well, at least well, they I'm did. here, they said not it in home French, alone. We just didn't lost realize in it. Your wait, what's it? Uh. Oh boy! Yeah, well, but it, definitely not a fucking wet bandit. A muddy bandit. A but, muddy bandit. <clears throat> but he's not a wet bandit. So uh, he's a uh, muddy and bloody. Really quick uh, for Chris uh, Thomas versus the wet bandits. Who's going? Who's taking who? Well, here's the cool part. Actually, if Thomas went after the wet bandits, the wet bandits would be dead. Yeah, he would murder <laughs> Def- them. Definitely, they'd be dead. He's gonna blow they'd them up. Totally dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thomas versus Kevin McAllister. Oh. Uh, let's see it. I want to see it. Oh my god! I want to see that fight so bad. That's the new. That's well, the these remake. kids will be the same fucking age, man. So let's do it. Let's get Macaulay Culkin now. He's grown up, and the and kid from Deadly Games up. is a visual effects artist. And they are, so they recluses. are in Hollywood together. They could do it. They could do it. They live a secluded lifestyle. They were you know when this podcast hits it really, really big, and we have like all kinds of fucking clout and shit like that. We should. We should we should do something like that. We well, should have a live event where we have Kevin McAllister versus Thomas, and just to figure out who's who who would last when they're actually home alone. I think the way we'll get big is if you hit the table every time you talk. Uh, <laughs> that's I, my penis. I'm making a point right now. <laughs> All right, guys. I did not have sex with that woman. Those are three great choices for a Christmas movie. Oh. Before we pick, I want to play a quick game with everyone. Oh, um, now, here's the deal. We talked at the top that there are a lot of great Christmas movies to choose from, but there are two in particular Christmas films. The Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol? Of course, oh, but yes. not what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Um, that, um, well, they're both probably... Amongst the most terrifying of the films and the bizarre, just like Home Alone and Deadly Games, they came out within a year of each other. These are two terrifying tales, both of which are Christmas classics in some households. The movies I'm referring to, of course, are Jack Frost and Jack Frost. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> One of which... We're going to have a snowman ...is off. a Killer oh, Mutant Snowman boy. film, and the other of which is a Michael Keaton Killer Mutant Snowman film. <laughs> <clears throat> what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game called It Ain't Fucking Frosty. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read quotes from Michael Keaton's Jack Frost and the Michael Cooney Jack Frost slasher film. And you guys have to tell me which movie it's the quote is from. Now, here's the deal. Both films are about a man who is magically, maybe, I guess, transformed into a snowman and uh, attacks a family <laughs> against their will. And uh, now here, just to make it a little harder, I'm going to read all of the quotes in a terrifying voice nice. to make it that much harder for you. Um, the winner of this game, of course, gets $1 million. <gasps> Meat. Okay? Meat. So here right. we go. Um, you guys, it's up to you to tell me if it's Jack, if it's Michael Keaton. Just to make it easy, we're going to say... Keaton or Cooney. Keaton or Cooney. Keaton or... That's even better. Keaton nice. or Cooney. Okay? So here we go. <clears throat> Quote number one. 
three balls, two sticks, one corked nose. Snowman? No. Much, much more. I am the Wizard of Blizzard. <laughs> now run, you little mountain goats. Jack, is that Keaton or Cooney? Uh, that is Keaton. Cooneyton. <laughs> That's Keaton. Keaton. The answer is, of course, that is Jack Frost, Michael Keaton. I remember that part. That's where he's Do throwing. You? Oh, okay. Uh, he's what is it? I think he's attacking the kid. Yeah, he's, attacking. he's he's murdering children with snowballs. <laughs> he's trying to defend his. Okay, child. so you guys have kind of got the gist of it. So here's yeah. another one. Then just let's just do this for control. Uh, somebody says, "What are you?" And the response is, the I'm world's Batman. most pissed off snow cone. That's Cooney. That's Cooney. That is Cooney. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, sweet spot. So you guys, right. you're doing great. Now we're going to play the game. Is it cold in here or is it just me? Oh, that's a good one. Jack? I'm going to say Cooney. I'm going to agree with him. It is Cooney. My goodness gracious. Michael Cooney, son of Ray Cooney, great British uh, playwright. Yeah, and also the uh, the writer of the film Identity, Michael Cooney. Very true. My balls are freezing. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that with a smile on my face. That sounds like low-hanging fruit Keaton. I'm going to say Cooney. Oh, nice. That is Keaton. Yeah, oh, there we go. Gosh. Jack pulls ahead. Oh, boy. Looks like Christmas came a little early this year. Well, I hope it was good for you, honey. Oh, oh, I must remember to send flowers. Oh, no. I think that's 100% Cooney. I'll say Cooney. That's Cooney. <laughs> I just have to accept it. I accept I'm a snowman. Okay. <laughs> Is that Keaton? Keaton. It is Keaton. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, well, okay, here we go. Sees his genitals are gone. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is a hard Is that one. Keaton or Cooney? I'm going to go Keaton. Keaton. That's Keaton. My goodness. All right, here we go. Here's another one. I will always hear you. <gasps> That's 100% Keaton. Chris? Keaton. It's Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat yellow snow. Cooney. Cooney. It's Cooney, you oh guys. My gosh. Um, Jack is pelted with sn two snowballs, which stick to his chest and become like boobs. <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's like Keaton. Or Cooney. Uh, Keaton. Keaton. It's Keaton. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, you guys. I'm home. Keaton. It's Keaton. You guys, I don't think I missed one. I don't think you oh guys either. I think it was a, a dead tie, and we just no, have I got proven... one wrong. Oh, you did. I got one wrong. But in the Chris in the, the pre the pregame though. No, it was during the regular game. Jack wins. Oh, Jack wins a million dollars. Congratulations, Jack! Oh you win a million dollars. But in the Christmas spirit, I split it with you all. Oh, yeah! Oh, wonderful! Thank kiss. you so much. And also, just so you guys know, we've proven that Michael Keaton's Jack Frost is probably a much more terrifying version <laughs> than the Michael Cooney version. Um, thank you guys for playing. Thank you, guys. Guys, there are 
two movies that we need to program for tonight's double feature of Mistletoe oh. and Mayhem. We brought three to the table. What's it going to be? Chris? I'm going to choose... Gremlons? Gremlons! <laughs> and dial code... Santa Claus. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Are you marking this down? Yes. My choices are um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Dial Code Santa Claus. All right, Jack. I love Gremlins very much, but I think the perfect mix is Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Dial Code Santa. Oh, well, it looks like the films will be Dial Code Santa Claus and Silent Night Deadly. Wow. Yay. Holy shit. Jack, I can't believe you betrayed your own film. Not betrayed. I, I think <laughs> definitely Gremlins and Silent Night Deadly Night. I doesn't. Oh, no. But uh, there's something wonderful about. I think I think I Gremlins and, and Santa Claus, Dial Code Santa Claus work really well together, yeah, too. They do. I would say. What do you think if you did that? And not that we are. What Delcote Santa leaves you with a gut punch? Would you start with kind of fun with Gremlins and then hit the gut punch? I think I would probably have to if I were Well, actually, Jack, since your movies weren't picked, why don't you go ahead and decide what the order would be for Dial Code Santa Claus and Silent Night, Deadly Night? Oh, that's really tough. Um... Do you go for gut punch and then crazy palate cleanser? I don't know, Jack. Do you? Tell us, Jack. Tell us. All right, I'll make the choice. I think you start with... uh, I think you start with Silent Night, Deadly Night, Mm -hmm. and then you finish off with... uh, with a nice little... With a handy? With a handy. Yeah. Right there. I think you finished with the Dow Code Santa. Okay. I think those two. All right. All right. Well, Well, that's our double feature for Mistletoes and Mayhem. Mm. You heard it here first, Mm -hmm. folks. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Silent, Silent Night, come Dead. for Silent Night, Deadly yeah. Night, stay for Dial Code Santa Claus. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed that it's a dead city driving Christmas guarantee. And if I were Cajun or French, oh, French is Creole. I would say that this is the right <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh no, you well, you know something. We, we need to wanted. we need to copyright that because I think a dead city drive-in guarantee. A guarantee, you Ooh. guys. That's your new podcast. Yes, that is now trademarked. That Welcome is. to guarantee. Copyright 2021 Dead City Drive-in International. Jack, this is a lot of fun, man. Oh. It's always great to have you on the show. Um, what's going on? Are you how are you doing? Are you uh, up to anything? You got anything going on? Nah, no. I, I hang out. I hang out outside next to the dumpster. I just wait for you guys to be like, uh, you you'll do. Come on, in. you know. I have to say, with your beard and everything like that, we could probably put you in like little Santa hood. You I'm, would, uh, I'm not far off. It's like it's we about already dial code yeah. Santa Claus. <laughs> I'll be here when you need me. I've actually seen Jack running around trying to get children to play with him. Um, oh Lord! Wow. Oh. And they're like, how fuck about- you, Jack. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Which is I pretty much s- how everybody else treats him. Yeah. Fuck you, Jack. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, thanks so much for helping us with this. These Thank were great choices. Guys I'm really having. looking forward to but this yeah, double feature. But yeah, we need feature. you to leave because we've right. actually got a person that we're trying to interview for a position here. Oh. And uh, oh. it's not you. So, oh. uh, well, hey. Anytime, I'll be out by the dumpster. Yeah, Thanks, right. guys, so we'll much. See That's ya. Fun. Thank you. Yeah.
It's been a while. Yeah, it has. I mean, it, what, do you think that that Santa guy's still in there? Well, you know, I did, I I said, you know, well, I said, you know, uh, yeah, I know, I know, number, number two. two. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe the, uh, maybe the mutant spooge got him. Uh, you did warn him. I, I did! And I'm sure that the smell and taste of butter is not quite palatable to Plasm. Okay, now this is a, does Plasm even have a palate? You know what? Let's ponder that another time. Right now, oh, okay. something still isn't sitting right with me. I, I, I feel like I've met this guy before. You mean the Santa? Ebenezer! He's fucking Santa Claus! Of course you've met him! Well, have you ever met a Santa that can magically make Land O'Lakes snowflakes or carry gold hot cocoa? Why are you shitting on this? I thought you wanted to bring back a little Christmas magic. I did! I, I, I do! But doesn't this Christmas magic seem a little off to you? <sighs> Okay, yeah, maybe a little. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> hell, come to think of it, you know, the last time I saw magic this wacky was from <sighs> Grand Pissant Bort before he went and <gasps> drowned himself in butter. Shit! Hell, hell! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hey, hey, are you okay? (laughs) I am vexed, gentles. Vexed? How so? I must admit that I... I ventured here this eve under the guise of Saint Nicholas to smite you with my most terrible vengeance. You see, I... I was not dead, as you surmised when you found my lilliput form face down in the butter dressing for the poppet corn. While in the throes of unctuous ecstasy, my astral self had left its corporeal body. I am immortal, you see. But you tossed my husk out with the rubbish where it was consumed by one of the many mutated and malodorous rats that frequent your establishment. At that moment, I was pulled from a state of absolute bliss back into my body, which was at that time deep within the bowels of a detestable rodent. I shall spare you the details. Do you mean you were shit out of a mutant rat's asshole? Oh, the horror. The horror. I languished for weeks, waiting for mine strength to return, all the while plotting my revenge. And so we are led to this very night, and thusly your destruction. Oh, no, not our destruction. Spare us. Oh, great Bort. Oh, but I would. Oh, but I could. Were it not for the luminous pulsating protoplasm adorning the privy floor. We shared a most profound conversation, Harold and I. You named the mutant jelly Harold? Have you not bothered to learn poor Harold's nomenclature? No. No. After relaying my plans to revenge against your ritually rapid corpses, Harold reminded me that such actions would be in direct conflict with the spirit of the holiday season. I had become so absorbed by hatred and vengeance that I forgot that Christmas is a time to reflect upon one's relationships with their fellow man. Suddenly, I became aware that a crushing weight had been pressing against my heart. Probably the cholesterol from the butter. Shh! But the weight lifted. See you? 
and I became free and light. So I shall say that in the spirit of the season, good gentles, you are forgiven of your trespasses against me. Is that it? Oh, wow! Christmas miracle! No, that is not it. In the spirit of fellowship, I was wondering if you would join me in a Christmas bowl. Fumar Maximus! And with that, Brandon's erection grew three sizes that day. Drive in gods! Bless us, everyone! up another episode of Dead City Driving. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Jack Holloway. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, thanks. thanks Once Jack. again, I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And remember, at this drive-in, if the cars are rocking, it doesn't mean somebody's fucking. They're probably being murdered. Happy holidays, everybody! Happy holidays! <laughs> Seventeen not admitted without parent.